Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. My name is David and each week, well as often as possible, I invite a creative over to my studio in North Acton or I'll pop on a train and visit them to talk about their lives and interactions with London or wherever they're from, culture and creativity. I know I've changed that beginning statement quite a bit, but I can't get everyone over to Acton. I can get on a train. I'm broadening my horizons. Well, this recording came off the back of a really nice phone call I received earlier this year. I first met Inza in 2004. He had a show on in Brighton at the Pella Roccos and visited the gallery from what I remember any, our shared acquaintance. That year has turned out to be a very important year for Inza. It wasn't too bad for me either, actually. But in 2004, Inza started to paint his iconic heels. 15 years ago. Jesus, that went fast. So, anyway, the reason for the call. Inza Studios were making a film about the 15 years of the heels. They wanted me to interview him and do a little voiceover on the film too. Check me out. Inza was lovely. We chat maybe yearly, bi-yearly. A few coffees and that. A couple of business explorations. But he's been listening to the podcast and he thought I was the guy for the job. We agreed to him doing the podcast also. And so I got on a mainline train out of St Pancras on a sunny Thursday morning. I bunked work down to the south coast to visit Inza at his studio and get these recordings done. What a fucking space. Amazing. The first things I see are two Japanese custom vans. One of them a gorgeous mint green, teal-like, with a slight diamond dust filled in the colour ever so slightly. Then over to some old used battered paint splattered doors. Large wooden doors, which open into his space. It's the perfect space. High ceiling, open plan, couple of metal pillars holding up the floor above. There's a workbench, two paint racks, a boat, a water ski thing, painting, signs, toys, books, sofas, a fridge, filled with Inza branded beer. Fuck, the place was rammed. There's an office set to the left of the space. It was an office, but the walls were covered with paintings, parts of installations, his Chrysophilly high heels, Gundam robots, mad, mad selection of toys. And then we went upstairs, where he stores most of his collection of his pieces. One of each of the pieces of clothing he's put out. Shoes, trainers, heels, magazines, books, lighters. Yes, he collects lighters. He doesn't smoke, though. And finally, a photo shoot room. An edit suite room. It was an amazing space. One you dream of. Especially for a graffiti writer. It was a full-on museum telling Inza's story. All in one space. And I was about to get the words to go along with it. But before that, we went for lunch. I had oysters for the first time. Yes. Big up, Inza. Anyway... We go in. I wasn't expecting this depth of conversation, but I shouldn't have been surprised. Standing in the studio, seeing all these achievements built up over the years, of course it was going to be full on. We start with his early years, family, all that, where he grew up, school life, his interests in those early years, and then the run up to him moving to London. So much happened there, from him teaming up with some of South London's finest, to iconic trackside paintings, and his trip, as he calls it, to HMP Brixton. Inza goes into depth about his experience, thoughts and his change of attitude during that spell and then how the following years panned out. We talk about his family life, adventures with his partner Ethel, being a dad, travelling the globe and setting world records and producing work in the most unlikely situations for the strangest of clients. It's a long conversation, inspiring at many, many stages, ram-packed end-to-end with an amazing human story. Big up Inza for having me over, a real privilege to chat to such an iconic artist especially after all the years I've known him. Go and check him at Instagram, I-N-S-A-G-R-A-M, whilst you listen. It's a great one. Oh, yeah, and it's Insa, not Inza. Insa. Insa. Enjoy. This is F24. 
Inza all the way as well. I led it. Yeah, yeah although it's funny you say Inza. Um, uh, Inza. Inza. It's a real difference. I know. <laughs> but it's funny, like, it's a real, like, I think it's South London, like the kids. Inza. I'm like, it's an S, not a Z. Inza. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm playing. He got it from there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you write, Inza? Uh, Inza. No, no, no. I, Inza. That's what I said. Yeah. That's what I said. Inza. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah. Anyway, I definitely don't want to do any rude boy impressions in the conversation because that's like how to define yourself as oh, like good, looking no. down. Very. It's just if there is any, it's just observation. Yeah. Of life in London. Yeah. Uh, but Inza, wicked man. <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time. I just did it again. <laughs> no, keep it Inza, it's good. But I, I'm going to try not to laugh every time. <laughs> anyway, you can start. I've, um, I say at the end of Pinky's podcast, which was the one before this, that I've got this Zoom 5 to go around and record. And just at the same time, we chatted. And it was like, yeah, do you want to come down here and chat and record? And I was yeah. fucking over the moon. Nice. I've come down to your studio, man. And I haven't... We've seen each other a couple of times in town. Over the last 10 years, maybe. Yeah. Probably seen each other two or three times. Yeah. But the last time I saw you in a place of artwork was in South London, at the top of a stairwell, this packed room. You were living there with Ethel. Packed room full of art. And then to come here and to see this space is gorgeous, man. Nice. Gorgeous. Amazing to see, like, really proud of you, but you know in what sense I mean. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to... Nice. It's a, a great fucking thing to see. To watch everything that's happened over the years, to see this, this back room, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... Yeah, not many people come to the studio. No. It's not like an open studio. No. But it's... Uh, it's a wicked space to be. Oh, yeah, I feel really lucky. Like yeah. this is kind of why I wanted you to come as well, because I, you know, I've got so many bits going on with the vans and you know, the there's like, but what I love is yeah. having space to do shit. Like yeah. I used to have a small studio in London, and now I've got space. You know, I've got three vans that we're building outside: the yeah. jet ski, the bike over there, you know, the boat over there. It's like I've got space to fuck around with stuff, it's and maybe amazing. this is like. Because I work quite hard. I, you work incredibly hard. Uh, I work quite hard. This is like the, these are the trinkets of working hard, this I guess. Is, well, this is, this is what happens when you work really hard and there's consistency involved in your life. Yeah. When you, when you can be consistent at your, the thing you choose to do, you can end up in spaces like this if you choose to. Do you know what I mean? You've, you've worked incredibly hard. And it's amazing to see. It's lovely to see this and <clears throat> to know what goes on here. And um, it's a privilege. It's mad, no, yeah. It's, it's mad um, thinking about that working hard because I guess I have, but uh, like my whole life, I've always told myself I never want a job. Like that's been my biggest motivation. <laughs> yeah. is I never want a job. But then actually now I'm like a full-on grown-up. Yeah. And I, I'm working very hard in yeah. what I choose to be my job. Um, it's just, it's weird. I've been you know? thinking exactly the same thing recently, literally exactly the same thing. I work incredibly fucking hard. The hours I put in are nuts. But, but, but I'm not working. Well, and I you think know that, what? Yeah. Even, even me, where a lot of my work is on computer, I was chatting to clients. It's different to yours. I know you do a lot of that as well, but 
I just don't feel like I'm working. It's nuts. And yeah, I put up a photo the other day that I saw in Ireland. Yeah. Like it's, it's the boredom that will get you. Yeah. And then I was thinking about that. I thought, you know what? I haven't been bored in fucking years. Yeah. And then I thought about the whole work thing. Oh, it's because I work so much. I'm like, I don't even work. This is, I just live my life. I'm very lucky. Yeah. And I think that's, well, no, that's what I was that's coming up to say is like, yeah. whenever I get that <coughs> moment of like, worry, like stressing about being busy or stress about life, I have to stop and remind myself like, I'm so fucking lucky. Or that's my motivation to work harder or push harder with ideas. Because yeah. I'm like, not everyone gets given this like, somehow golden ticket to be an artist. You know, the ridiculous... The, but you haven't been given a golden the, ticket. The, this the, is consistency. The, this the is, idea that you can live yeah. as an artist or live to make ideas that you want to see happen, happen. Yeah. So I feel so lucky that somehow I was, like... It does feel sometimes like, fuck, I was lucky. This was, like, fell into... fell onto me. Mm. So I have to work hard to prove I'm worthy of yeah. this luck. I, Do you know I what think, I mean? I grant you the thought of it, and I think it's, it's valid... I don't agree luck's part of life, though. I'm sorry. No. I think we really do put ourselves in situations. We choose to do this. And you, you make decisions on the route that end you up in certain places. And if you work, it's really do. If you work fucking hard enough and stick at this thing you love, you will succeed yeah. in many ways. No, it may not be to the level you it's get. It's true, I have a few. It may not be to the level you get at all. But you, you will succeed. You'll get that that feeling, basically. Well, I've had a, a few moments in life where I've been able to stop and go, oh, fuck, you know, this has happened. You know, like, like you say, you work hard or you you want something or you work hard for an idea or you manifest this idea. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, oh, shit. And, and I, like, it, it might sound a bit, like, if I talk about money, it seems weird because money isn't the reward in life. But I remember for years, like, I'm, there was this guy that used to work at Classic Car Club. And it's funny, like, I would do a few jobs for them. And I would always say money comes later, you know. He'd be like, you're working hard, you know. Like, everybody in the world compares you to Banksy, and I've just grown, like, ugh. Yeah. I don't care about Banksy, I don't care about that. He's yeah. like, but why aren't you selling canvases? Why aren't you selling? I'm like, it doesn't matter, money comes later. I'm just doing what I love. Yeah. And I said that for, like, 15, 20 years. 20 years, yeah. And then I was suddenly the other day, he's like, you know, I was like, fuck. Yeah, it does, it, it does, it does it come does later. Come later. Yeah, only because I ignored, I ignored yeah. the idea that that was, that was never my mission was to earn money. Imagine you listen to it. was never him. my, like, goal. People, a lot of people, man, I've said this for a long time, and I think I learned it from the Sopranos and Mafia, but basically just go for the long money. Fuck the short money. Yeah, yeah. There's no point. And it, I've always... I'm every like, now and then, I'll, I'll be guilty of it, definitely. You dip in and you play and you, you grab a bit of it, but... The long money, man. Consistency. The long money it will pay off. Yeah. Like, and by being you, like. And it, I've, and I guess that's always a major concern of mine, or has been in my life, is that the longevity. You yeah. Know, this is my life. This is what I want to do until the day I die. Yeah. I don't want it to be caught up in a fad. You know, no. I don't, this isn't like, this isn't a graffiti fad or a street art fad or an no. anything fad. This is my life and my art, and I want to still do it when I. <coughs> on my deathbed and, and people still care about it yeah <laughs> if they do uh, or I don't care if people care about it do you know I want to I don't want to sell it out for a quick buck overnight you know there's been uh, there's been situations in my life where I probably could have I bet cashed in much harder I bet and I've chosen not to because I'm like no I don't 
I want to enjoy this. You know, there's so many things I want to do. There's still so many things I want to do. I mean, you know what? And I think we're going to get into all of this. I think you've something happened along the way at some point in your life, from the age of three onwards, where you just you've you've been a certain way through the things you've chosen to do, and this latest these last we'll talk about the last 15 years because of the heels because that's what's really solidified and given you that transcending space above graffiti past graffiti not above it i don't mean to not saying you're like higher than mighty but you've transcended it you've gone past it as an artist the last 15 years has happened and the way you've dealt with it is because i think that is you that in a way it has been you the way you dealt with graffiti the way you dealt with that middle ground you know where you were going with it all to to where you've gone now yeah no I think I've always been We're, like yeah there's there's something in you that's made dedicated you, yeah dedicated. No, not dedicated it's like a bit of an obsessive you know obsessive? it's like yeah that works like, like some of my early memories are like I used to fucking love Robocop well like um and I was so obsessed with Robocop mm. I even think it was like maybe my first crush was Robocop because I like yeah. I was obsessed with him I would like cut photocopy it like get to the photocopy in the library and photocopy pictures thousands and thousands of times <laughs> and stick them together and cut layers out to make like relief pictures of him <laughs> and I'd have like these little Robocops stuck around the house and my mum was like sick of Robocop and I'm like <laughs> but it's awesome and then but like anything that I was into you was went like in. I'm into it really like but Robocop was part of like I was obsessed with like special effects and horror films as a kid I always thought like as a kid, I was always going to be in special effects. That's what I was going to do. I was going to make horror films. Um, <laughs> and I even used to make for, for little horror films. As a yes. kid. I wish I could find them. Uh, but then, but then, like, everybody, then graffiti came into my life yeah. and that took over. But I was always... Into something deep. If I was into it, I was really into it. Let's go know. right back then. So where are you from? Where uh, were you born? Me well, born. I was born... On the south coast. I was born oh, in yeah. Plymouth. This is what I feel weird about because my, my identity I was always a northerner. Like I've, I grew up. You are in, a northerner. Yeah, I grew up in Leeds. So okay. So even though I was born down there, I moved up north when I was about six, I think. I might. So you had a few years down there. Yeah. Which is weird. Why I think life comes full circle. This is why I'm now bringing my kids up by the sea because that is crazy. It's weird. It almost like there's a <laughs> there's a homing pigeon. Not, not, I'm not down in Plymouth, but it's like, yeah, there's a mean. homing sense of like you end up trying to give your kids something that obviously was nice. Like uh, it's weird. I you know, I've got to sort of apologise all the way through this that my memory is really bad at like blanking out big bits partly I think I, I smoked way too much weed but like there's like chunks I really don't remember before the age of six much of it no uh, I just disappear. must have liked it you know what I mean because the sea brings me joy you know so that yeah but anyway so so I really feel like I grew up in Leeds like crazy that. but you were born down in Plymouth yeah moved up to Leeds at six yeah so no real schooling or anything down in Plymouth no bit of nursery like I've got a few memories I remember like trying to ride my BMX blindfolded backwards and flying nice. off and cracking my head open on the railings. I picture the whole railings on the front of the sea and cracking my head open Shit. and like walking home and trying to, trying to lie, lie that it was like, I fell over. <laughs> I fell over like... I wasn't doing wasn't, anything wasn't, silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also remember my un uncle gave me my like first toolkit, like a little plastic box with a saw and a thing. Oh, and yeah. he was like, you can use the hammer and the screwdriver and all that, but 
don't use the saw unless you're with, uh, with an adult. Yeah. And like, of course, the first thing I did, as soon as the adults left the room, <laughs> I tried to saw something. And you look, you look at the scars across my knuckles. Like, you see all these zigzags across there. I literally just went <laughs> and nearly cut my fingers off. And my dad came back into the room and was like, what the fuck have you done? And I'm like, is the screwdriver? Like, I grabbed the screwdriver and like, I was trying to screwdriver something. And so they're, they're like my only two, two memories really of like, um, just like making a mess of myself and trying to lie oh, about gosh. it. And uh, maybe on reflection, that's what I've always done. Classic. But, have you got uh, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got an older sister. Yeah, much older or? No, just two years. Oh, older. so you grew up together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with me. No, no, she's great. I love my sister. <coughs> I feel lucky like, um, well, it's a long story, but my dad left like classic kind of, I'm a classic kid of like a divorced family. So my dad was estranged for a long time, but yeah, my, I feel very lucky that I'm very close to my mum and my sister. I've always grown up with them. I've never, you know, I've always felt close to them. Yeah. So I feel, yeah, Wicked. I feel lucky and for that. But yeah, we moved. Um, so is this without dad then? No, we leave? moved up, but I think that was the start of my dad's affairs with other people. You know, oh, I see. Him st moving yeah. to Leeds, I think. Ignited something in him. Yeah. Well, or it always happened. Like, okay, right. Yeah. Uh, even though this is like, my dad recently died. So oh, like after your dad died, you, you kind of get to reflect on quite a lot. So I'm learning a lot more about his and my mum's life. And it's like, they also were like, Socialists, like they, they were quite hippie-ish, like full-on like socialists. I grew up in this world of of theirs, and so that kind of you know, parents, the summer of love. Like we came out of, I was a product of the the summer of love in a way. There was, yeah. they were trying all sorts of different things with the re relationships, you know. So yeah, so it's complicated, you know. Yeah, I, all like, of it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not as black and white as no. it is because oh, society states. Yeah, yeah. But like now, my mum, or since. I was, I'm trying to think how old I was, 14. My mum's had female partners. So, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so so it's like the concept of her and my dad is an alien one in a way, even yeah. though I definitely remember, like my dad was a big part of my life. Yeah. Then he vanished for a while, but then just before he died, well, before he died, we were very much friends again, but in a different Completely role. different context. Yeah, he was like... I'm going fully into like family shit, but I don't, no, I don't, really, don't really need yeah, yeah. to. Okay, but yeah. it's like, um, yeah, so we were So friends. you all moved up here though? Yeah, yeah. Together? We all moved up to moved Leeds. To not here, so yeah, yeah. Leeds, but yeah, you moved to Leeds together. Yeah. <clears throat> and then both you and your sister go to the same school? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find that? What was it like moving up north? Of yeah, it was all right. It's funny, I, uh, yeah, school, I've never liked school. Like, I've always, like the first school I went to in Leeds, it's like this will be a recurring theme throughout my life, is that I got in trouble for painting graffiti because uh, the art teacher, like this is, was such a random thing, like this was, I know I'm jumping to before I discovered graffiti, but I was painting down this ginnel, in Leeds we call alleyways ginnels. Right. So I was painting down this ginnel and weirdly, a lady came out and scared us off and that turned out to be my art teacher who actually my art teachers have always been the ones that I connect with or like yeah. and she grasped on me I think to the head and they called the they, they you know my parents had to go in and see the head teacher and this was how old was I then like 10 I think wow so so I've always had this situation of like 
being the institution that I'm in have been in trouble with yeah, basically. I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, and no, our school is like I'm really I'm dyslexic. Oh, um, are you? Obviously so, it wasn't known then. No. No. No, not known then, but so just you were like just a shit kid in school. Basically. Yeah, like, all, all I was good at art and I was always a bit yeah. of the weird like it's funny, I've got long hair now and I had long hair then. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, yeah, I had long hair, wore like purple tie-dye jackets. I just was hap- quite happy to, to be a bit of an outsider, I think. Yeah, do you think that's home influence, socialist parents and a bit, summer of love and well, the freedom that that type of thought brings? Yeah, well, I don't know, because uh, my parents are like, they're both academics. They're oh, right, like, okay. Yeah, but they're both professors of social policy. Wow. And I feel like wow. they've always educated me quite a lot on like, people yeah do you know what i mean and dynamics of people you know my mum's specialist is like race and gender right. and sexuality and stuff it's like i've always i've always felt like i've got it you know like even it's like if i was if through I, from a young age if i was like if there was some kid picking on me because i looked a bit different i kind of knew why his issues why he'd be picking on me yeah, do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. or that I didn't really care because I was aware that I was aware that my long hair was challenging to them. Yeah. And that's why I had my long hair to be challenging. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So but even not, even know, at, it, even at a young age it was like Yeah. I they probably I probably was picked on quite a lot, but I never It didn't penetrate it, too much. No, it didn't penetrate it just kind of I it's almost like I know that yeah. I know that I'm different from you, so I don't yeah. care. And yeah. I know that sounds weird. No, I know exactly what you mean, man. And I I can kind of picture those kids I don't know if I grew up with any like that but you, you kind of picture them and you can from the other side because I would have been well, not the kid I wasn't bullied I wasn't a bully as such but I wasn't the weirdo what yeah. you would have called the weirdo and so I can imagine it must have just been from the outside everyone looking in what the fuck is Inza up to yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is he up to why does he look like such a nutter and then you're just like I've got style I'm just doing or my just thing. say yeah, I, I don't. Like I'm doing my. I'm doing my. And thing. like just yeah, a bit like classic. So it's like problem. Yeah, well, how did the, you get into that type of stuff? Though is that so? What were you into oh. at the same time? Like to be able to think I'm going to wear a tie dye purple jacket or like, I'm going to have long. No, hair. it wasn't. So I don't know why I picked the tie dye purple jacket. It was just that like, was a one off. But yeah, it was yeah. just. I don't know. It was like. Were you into stuff? I as was well? really into yeah. Like I grew up with obvious stuff like rad magazine I was into skateboarding and I was into like it's like I know I've listened to a few podcasts it's like it's similar for everyone you discover these like we're from the same generation nuggets of like um, like these cultural things that you're just like you know that there's like outsider life or you know that there's like there's I was just always aware that there was a mainstream and that wasn't me do you know what I mean I just kids playing football I you know they were, by the hundreds, by the thousands. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah. I, I just. And it wasn't I, for you. Yeah, and but I was like, like say, go back to being obsessed. I was obsessed with the Ninja Turtles for a while. When that Wicked. Was, uh, I've got like boxes of all like the first edition comics somewhere up, up, <laughs> upstairs. Amazing. Um, yeah, so I was into comics a bit. Yeah. Uh, never reading them because I wasn't. I'm not very good at reading. Right. So it's just about the pictures. pictures. Yeah. Uh, I was really into horror movies. Like, From a to, young age. Yeah like probably too young dad's bad influence of 
me convincing him, oh, I like the special effects, I don't like the horror movies, but I'm still shit scared in the dark now. <laughs> <laughs> because I definitely saw, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and everything way too young. Way too young. <laughs> and I tried to make horror films. I wish I could find old stuff, like, yeah. What, like, make short films, yeah? Yeah, like, like, my girlfriend at the time, she was, like, in the kitchen wearing rubber gloves and cut her fingers off, and it was really like I'd gone to the butchers and bought a load of liver and stuffed <laughs> them in the rubber glove, and she cut her fingers off, and then, like, there was another scene where a mate of mine had his heart ripped out, and it was, like, it was all pretty gruesome. Yeah, uh, amazing. And I, yeah, so I've kind of... Yeah, like I said, I was convinced I was going to be in special effects. Like, my room was like a, a, a horror gallery, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like, I remember my mom's friends coming over, all my parents' friends, and I would always say, come and see my room, come and see my room, and they would see the latest little, like, weird little creature that I'd made or or things. So I was always into, like... Fucking hell, man. ...making stuff. Yeah. And were you getting magazines of that stuff as well? Because... Do you remember, like, Fangoria? I was just, think, I was just trying to think of the name, yeah. Gorzone on Fangoria. Yeah. 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 I remember seeing them in places like Mega City, where I'd go and get comics in Camden yeah. or something. And I had, like, pictures, like... If I look back at it now, I, if I was a teacher, I'd have definitely thought, who's the weird kid? <laughs> on my, like, pencil case, I had, like, pictures of, like, these just gruesome pictures. From, but I'm like... I was never looking at it as gruesome. I yeah. always saw how they were made, you know? It was like... Did you uh, like music, uh, then? I really liked Prince. Like, I've just liked Prince my whole life. I grew up with Prince, yeah. So you uh, found Prince and you was like, this is it? Well, that was kind of, I guess, the purple jacket and the, right, yeah. the long hair, more like not caring. And I, but... Interesting, man, that's dope. But then I always liked... Uh, I don't know when I discovered it. I think I don't know what came first, because it's like hip-hop and... I, it's like... I. I'm such a white boy from Leeds that grew up on hip-hop. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, the same story for everyone. I, yeah. I, I cringe when I think back at some of my clothes. <laughs> like... You even just went quiet oh, saying it. Jesus. <laughs> it's like baggy jeans and, like, plaits and just, like... I remember Ducks, you know, the hockey Duck, team. Yeah. Ducks hockey shirt. You know, I grew Mighty up Ducks. with, like, you know, Black Moon. The, the album cover yeah. of Black Moon, like... Yeah, I can imitate this. I can look like that. Uh, Here in Leeds, being white. <laughs> yeah, literally. Although, like, in school, like, Leeds was great. Moving to um, Leeds, like, the school I went to wasn't, uh, like, it was just comprehensive. It was just, yeah. uh, like, a real school, normal this is school. secondary school by now, yeah. Uh, yeah, was it middle school or secondary school? I can't remember. No, it it was funny, I, like, I don't know whether this is too much to go into, but I remember there was, like, in middle school, like, I had this, like, like I said, I was a bit different, but I was super confident. Yeah. And I had this, like, at the time, I remember she was just, like, the most beautiful girl in school. She was my girlfriend. And, and it was all rolling. I had a big group of friends, and everything was fun. Like, life was all fun. Like, we used to just Hang bunk out, of school, way. ride this motorbike. My friend had this little motorbike, so we'd ride nice. that across the field. We'd, you know... I sort of worked out all these good, like, scams. Like, we used to do... I'm trying to think. So we started smoking weed really early, and to get weed... Like, we worked out this way to buy how to... Because if you think we're 12... Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> and trying to buy weed at 12. We couldn't get the money. Um, so we used to steal CDs and sell the CDs to the CD shop, and we could just about get a tenner for, yeah. you know, a tenth. yeah. 
or we, it's weird, we'd either buy weed or weed killer and hairspray and we'd go to the woods and make fire. You know, like, this is like, this is fun, right? Yeah. This is like, this is, Sounds that was your existence. Yeah. Like, we're going to make fire yeah. or we're going to smoke weed. Yeah. What's it good? What's One of them is going to happen today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, every life was all like good. And then I think in that summer from going to middle school to secondary so school. So how old are you between middle school and secondary school? I can't remember. Because we do, we all did primary school and then secondary school. You're 11, 12, 13? Yeah. I think it's 13. Oh, yeah. And like, I'd, I'd gone away on holiday with my mum and my sister. I think that was when the divorce was going through with my dad and and like something changed and like and I I definitely remember a difference of like coming back and like even though Leeds is a, a, a very mixed mixed place and I would like even though class is a weird thing I um like my parents never had much money but we but being an academic being educated I guess that would make You're you more perceived. middle class you know yeah but I remember this thing happening in the summer where that girl that I talked about, I think she cheated on me while I was away. And like, all my normal friends, they kind of, it felt like they rejected me a bit. I think, because, yeah. you know, in that age, where I it's know like, exactly what's going oh, on, like, yeah. he's the different one. Yeah, two weeks would change a uh, life. Yeah, like. yeah, so I, but that summer was like a of massive course. change. And yeah. I remember coming back and going to high school and being like, oh, fuck those guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I remember feeling that like, uh, it was young, like 13, like this kind of white middle-class mainstream, I just fucking hated it. Like these mm. guys, I was like, oh, you're so shallow, you're so fickle, yeah. you, you can't handle yeah. whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <coughs> didn't um, back me up. Yeah, he didn't back me up, and just whatever, I just yeah. like, you guys are boring, or, or you guys are great, and they kind of rejected me, I rejected them. So I remember going into high school being a bit more like, well, like, I had changed as well, I was like, now I was in big blacky, uh, big uh, baggy black trousers, listening to Dr. Dre, and you know I discovered all this stuff and like really Over the like, summer. Um, yeah, I'd realised that yeah these guys don't get it, and, and that's like that first, that's that first bit of pain we get as a kid. Didn't it? I remember going through shit like that with, yeah. with friends or ex friends or whatever they're called. And so, it I really know, hurts. Well, I just knew, like I said, I knew it. I was different. Than yeah, them. and I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it was because they were, you know. More middle class. I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know what it was. Why I didn't feel. I just knew I wasn't part of them. And then in secondary school, like obviously listening to hip hop. <laughs> I'm building up to the funny story of like the clothing. <laughs> but like, so I kind of made friends with more of the outsiders. So it was like most of my friends were black in middle school, and there was this one guy. Uh, in secondary school. Yeah. So how old is that? Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, look, you've got the Doc Martens. Like, because Onyx, this is when Onyx came in. Killing it. And I was just, we were all into Onyx. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, and my mate Steady at the time, he's now in London, he's a, a music producer there. But these, so we became like the, like the outcast, even though we weren't the outcast because we like hip hop and everyone else was shit and didn't know what, yeah, yeah. what was right. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, you've got the you've got the black DMs, you know? I had the eighteen hole. What? You got the black baggy black jeans. Oh, you've got the big jacket. You're small, you know. You yeah. Sticky finger. You've got everything right, but there's just one thing missing. You're white. And it was like, <laughs> oh. 
It's like, come on, guys. I didn't think you noticed. <laughs> come on, guys. Like, it's not about that. Aren't we all, we're in this together. We all like to sip up together, don't we? <laughs> uh, even though it wasn't like, but it was just like, just, you know, even though that didn't stop me for a of while. Not. But of course not. Like, they didn't, it didn't matter to the reaper. Yeah. But it's, it was just funny. A funny like, thing um, to point out. It was just like one of the moments of like, because yeah. I think we all like had a headphone each. Remember when yeah. you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, walking down like, yoga, magam. <laughs> it's all about crime oh next oh. I love those years yeah man. it was so good and then it was like yeah I don't know what happened we got really into so I like got really into smoking weed lots more you know I think it was my 16th birthday I, I, I'm not even talking about graph I've realised none of this is about graph let's talk about no. graph instead of like life uh, but yeah got really into smoking weed and then like <coughs> We were, like, doing drugs really early as well. Yeah. Other like, drugs? Yeah, this is what I find, like, acid. Like, wow. from the age of, like, 14, 15, 16, I think, we were doing acid and then 16 pills. Fucking hell, that um, is young, man. No, nah, maybe it was. Am I getting it confused? It was definitely... I definitely remember being aware of it being early. Yeah. It was all in secondary school. Um, so, yeah, that's 14 to 16. Yeah. 13, 14, 15, 16. I don't know, maybe, because sixth form was part of it yeah, as well. Yeah, so 16, 17. Uh, I remember thinking it was early, but this is what I find weird now. I always think, I think drugs are for kids because your mind is so loose and it doesn't matter. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I would never dream of touching drugs now because I, I can't now. deal with it. My no. brain's too precious. Yeah. But <clears throat> back then it was like, yeah, there was this like guy's house that we would just go to around to and obviously his parents didn't, his mum didn't give a fuck and we would just take pills in the house and be there all weekend. That was like, that was <laughs> life. But then that was like Lee, Leeds life. Uh, and I guess like lots of people from small, like out of London towns would, uh, familiar, would understand that. It was like, no, if that. you got into that drug yeah. scene, you were kind of in it. Yeah. And, and it like, could go now, deep. But now what I find mad is I feel really lucky because it was just me and like I mentioned Steady. There was just two of us that got out of you know what I mean and and I feel really lucky for that I feel really and and the only reason I think I got out is because my parents had been to you know were educated so they had always instilled this idea of like more. university there was or, more or there they'd, and like my other like Aaron the guy that said that about being white I repeat like he's died of heroin overdose like another friend is fucked up like there there was a lot of tragedy yeah yeah in what was that friends group yeah. and I feel like we could have like he was the most outgoing guy he was the best guy and it was like I can't believe that that's how he ended mm. but this is unless you've given this like like I say I, don't, I just feel so lucky because there was there's yeah. been so many situations like <clears throat> like I say that, that whole teenage years like like I say we like I did like we worked out this great bank fraud thing so that's how we were making the money to buy weed. We like my mate, got, you know, got a flat. So we worked out that if he got kicked out, you know, we would get a flat on the DSS. Yeah. So we got a flat in like this awful part of Leeds called Little London, and we would just go smoke there. And like, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, this is great. But actually, you look back at it, it's like this is just like crack well, house. Yeah, exactly. You, know and you I mean? end up falling into that. Yeah. I think you know, my mum, from the year she. Basically, from baby to 
9, 10, 11, I was out every Sunday. Yeah. I saw more than the estate. I saw more than Kilburn High Road. Yeah. And she showed me the beach, churches, museums, bookshops, everything. The West End, wherever. It doesn't matter. Parks. We're going. We're going out. Yeah. And those years were so important to me because when she couldn't control me anymore and I'm out by myself and I'm on the estate 24-7 and she couldn't... Well, I wasn't going out of her on a Sunday anymore or whatever. Yeah. It was those early years that were installed in me. So yeah. the, the, the years I went out and fucked about, those 10 years I played out on the estate and fucked about out there and got into my shit, I always knew there was more. Yeah. And it's the same... You're well, saying no, the same saying. thing. The you same, yeah, you yeah. knew there was well, more, like, didn't you? I guess I jumped over a massive bit of like... Discovering graffiti, it's like you say, it's like having graffiti or having a thing, having an interest. Mm. Uh, like, for all them teenagers where you just fuck around. Mm. Well, that as well, but parents, I think. What yeah. I, well, you, it's like, the, yeah. the, the funny thing is, like, the my so getting into graffiti, it was like, you know, like it's the same story, this is why it's funny, this is why I like your podcast, why I like this world, is like, everyone has this same, like, oh, when do they discover this thing? And mine was like the Weetabix advert with Art, Artful yep. Dodger. Seeing Mode 2 on number 73. Uh, do you remember that Saturday morning program called Number 73? And there was like the Chrome Angels and Mode 2. I might be wrong. Like, this is what I mean. Like, maybe I've created this. I love this shit head. though. Yeah, yeah. But seeing that, I was like, oh, that's that thing I like. I don't know what it is, but that's the thing. And then for Christmas 1989, I've got the copy over there as Subway Art. My mum got it for me for Christmas. Amazing. And um, and it's so funny, like, I, later in life, I after prison, I showed my mum that book and was like, <laughs> it's not my fault. You remember? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's like, it's beautiful. It says inside, happy Christmas, 1989, love mum. Wow. And like, that was... You so know, you were 11, you're two years older than me, so you were yeah, 11. Yeah. You were 10, 11 that Christmas. Yeah. Amazing. So I kind of knew it when I was 10, I think, because okay. I was discovering it. Yeah. And then that was it. So did you see it in Leeds? Yeah, it was funny. Apart was, from those bits on TV. Yeah, there was tags. So it wasn't... No, were, to talk about, like... To fo forget all the school stuff and all that. Like, yeah. focus on graph, learning graph. There was, there was like, this tagger around the part where I lived called Noise Ace. There was Noise Ace and Bass Ace. Yes. And I loved that shit. Like, they were oh just, like, God. fat marker kind of 90s yeah. hand styles. 80s or 90s? <laughs> uh, yeah, 80s. No, 90s. It was the beginning of the 90s. Oh, yeah, of course. Or, yeah, 80s or, no, and there was that... And it was funny that he was like up because there was no concept of up. This was Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even actually before that, like I say, some of my like friends, I guess, were now the more mainstream, you know, the classic thing. Like, I don't know how it's just instilled that we got a fat pen and we're tagging up the buses. And it, there was no bu bus bombing, you know, <laughs> but that's what we did. Because yeah. I guess as a kid, you instinctively notice it at the back of the bus. Well, that's you know where... what? It, it's probably <coughs> the, the generation before their marker pens weren't as solid. There was different context to writing a tag yeah. or anything like that. And then by the time the 80s come and we get these pilot pens with these fucking thick, dirty yeah. lines in it and then the tag... Yeah, it was the classic It was what was pen. available. So we've been doing it for generations. But I don't... Yeah, it was just funny that it was like... Well, I was... There was no bus bombing. No. I hadn't heard of it. It wasn't a thing. Like, yeah. I know all the stories of people growing up in London, that was like... like London was a thing. It wasn't there. From a very young age. It was a... And so we just instinctively, it's like, well, we don't have trains to paint, so we'll bomb the buses. And so we would do that just for fun. Not like, um, but was like, this with an awareness of New York graffiti or not? 
No, I had Subway out. So you had Subway out. By yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But I think I first started writing like PIC because of that Partners in Crime. Brilliant. And I wanted to be a partner in yeah. crime. So I'm yeah. like, I'm a partner. I'm in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm PIC. I'm, I'm in the. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the. I'm in the gang. <laughs> Says it in Subway out. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, low, all my early stuff was like that story where I got caught down the alleyway was like copying stuff like really badly. Yeah. You know, like the character with like the eyes in the hood you know like the red yeah. hoodie character just out there yeah, yeah, yeah. like copying like just copying shit out subway out really badly with car paint just like making no other pieces you saw around the time really or? no there was a couple and this is what so there was this guy soon uh i would like to say my i, I apologize for my memory i should tell you his crew and everything because he was quite an inspiration i went later on went to that, meet him and paint yeah paint with him and all this stuff and he was amazing because i didn't like, because I saw he had a few, there was a few throw ups to the other side of Leeds that I saw, and I'm like, that's like real graffiti. <laughs> that's not the pretend graffiti I'm doing. Yeah, you know? with marker pen. That's like real. Yeah. Like, the, you know, you can just tell, you can yeah, just yeah, tell yeah, it yeah. was real. Yeah. And I'm like, that's real. Wow, there is, there's someone here. But, but again, this is where you were saying uh, why I'm lucky is because my dad, before he left, like, they always encouraged me, you know, if I was into something, it's like, yeah. okay, do Coming it. In. You know, so yeah. we would go, he would take me to London. To look at graph, wow. so it was like we would go like so we would go down to London, and oh no, this, this is the story. This is how did I know where everything was? So I was also part of this thing called Woodcraft Folk, which was just like it, it was kind of like it's the a nationwide, guide. yeah, it was kind of like the Scouts, but yeah, like a hippie version. My you know? niece and nephew so non, were in it, non-gender, non-like. You didn't have to praise the Queen, you yeah. know. It was like the hippie alternative to Scouts, and. A, it was it was so rad. It was the best thing ever as a kid because they would do these camps, like a national camp yeah. and an international camp. And the international camp was like huge. It's like like Glastonbury, but for kids camping. And A, it meant I met on every camp I'd meet some like you know rude girl from London and fall in love and go down and visit her. <laughs> like this was young. Like I was like <laughs> fifteen and. Yeah would get the coach down to London to stay with a girl that I was well intimidated by but just in love with and then come home with stories to my friends and uh, and on one of these camps I met uh, Fex and Fur shut up yeah SHK yeah I shockers I had Kill done them. like yeah I had done some graffiti on my jeans or something like Brilliant. we're talking baggy jeans yeah, yeah. with pin rolls yeah full well, no, this was at a previous camp. There was a guy from... Uh, That's amazing. Where was he from? Where was that? He was from Scunthorpe. I've forgotten it. I really, his name was Ian. And he was like a proper writer. I, 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 I'll tell you the name afterwards because I want you to beep in his name because I feel so bad that I can't remember him. Yeah. Because he was a big influence because I was like this kid that... Thought you know was you, pretending to do graph. Yeah, I'm in this partners in crime. And uh, yeah, and I met him at this like woodcraft camp, and he really did it, you know. And then we started a pen pal exchange, really? you know, just like the classic writer yeah. thing. And like, I just you just learn this. I didn't know this is what you did. You sent photos to each other and you yeah. wrote these his letters. Oh, I wish I could dig them out. Amazing pieces. Like he must have spent hours writing this beautiful, but he was like in Scunthorpe, I think, Fuck. like this small northern town. Yeah, I was in a northern town, you know. So it was more spread out, and 
we sent letters to each other. Wow. And then we met up on this camp. We're like, oh, we're going to... And there was this girl, Nadine. Fell in love with her so much. Like, and I would go stay with her. It was funny, like, I went to stay with her. Where was she, like, from West London somewhere? Okay. And then she took me to buy my first click suit. You know, yes. you know, still the white northern boy, and like, yeah, well, I was almost like a novelty. She would take me to the, like the snooker club, and like, it's like, look at this, look at this northern white boy that knows all the lyrics to Dr. Dre. Do you know what I mean? Like, go on. Like, it's like, but I, I was always yeah. aware that I was like, but it didn't I felt very you, happy being like, yeah, yeah. the novelty in it's this fine. world. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm happy to be the, yeah. the white boy in this like black music world. You yeah. know, this is. I'm, I'm in, you yeah. know. It's cool. This is my life, guys. I'm in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I don't mind you laughing at me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a thing. <laughs> anyway, I'm going so off tangent. And anyway, so we did. He did this wild style piece down my jeans. Yeah, we can cut all this out. No, 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 keep it There's going. So much. Just, just checking. Um, he, and anyway, so Fex, I think. So the, 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 Ian does wild style in your jeans. Yeah, at one camp, and yeah. then this other international camp. So international camps, like it was a circle from London, circle from Leeds, and I was walking across the London camp, looking out for like, yeah. who's the next girl? I'm gonna go on my <laughs> weekend down to London, and um, and you're wearing your baggy yeah, wild style oh, jeans. Layla from Brixton. Anyway, that was a, <laughs> she was a, that was a great weekend. She used to work. There was a club on Cold Harbour Lane. She worked the door there. Like, I hate the fact that people might listen to this and know. These Amazing. are like vague memories of mine. Yeah. She used to work there, and I went to stay on her, on her floor one weekend, and it was just like, it was so great getting to see this other world, you know, going yeah. down to Brixton. Uh, her uncle had like one arm because he had it chopped off because he tried to attack. So, you know, and I was just like, this is it. This is everything. This experience. is. Uh, and anyway, Fix and Fur were at that thing. And they like kind of, like kind of in that like. Yeah, yeah. You're right, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what am I meant to say? Yeah. And then they started doing these outlines, and I was like, rah. And I always did characters, like drew characters as a kid. Uh -huh. And I think I drew a couple of characters, and they were like, I think they said something like, oh, your letters are shit, but your characters are good. And I felt so like, that's official. Like yeah, these guys yeah. are writers, and they've yeah. said that. Cosine. Like, yeah. And then they told me about They're London like, writers as well. Yeah, they told me about Tufnell Park, and they told me a load of Brilliant. halls of fame. And then, I mean, after the camp, I was just like mind blown, and was like, "Can we go down to London?" And my dad took me down to London. That's brilliant. And we went. Just I've got joiners. I just used to take joiner after joiner of the whole joiner, park. Of the whole park, everywhere <laughs> I could find. And, then, and like the fact is, we went. So I, so when we went to Tufnell Park, there was a fix piece, and I'm like. <laughs> I pulled out my sketchbook and I'm like, look, look, this is this real. This is, it wasn't just imagination. This is a real world. Exactly. Yeah, this is this is real and this look is what, what I'm happens. connected with. And then I would go to Four Star General and buy yes. big up George. Yeah, con art t-shirts and yes. hoodies and like graffitism, the like early one, like the oh. very first one. I think I got black from and there. white one was the first one, wasn't it? And took that, couple. took that back in visual graphics. Yeah, videos. Yeah. Brilliant. And then just like study that. Just then it was like, oh no, this is everything. You know, I'm going to study it. Like in that obsessive way, it's like, I'm going to learn. That's crazy. You just uh, mentioned Julio, graphitism, George from Four Star, Kilo from Visual yeah. Graphics. And those three people. But it's mad, isn't it? Because I've heard people, other talk, people talk about it. And I was up in Leeds, I was the other end of the country. Yeah. But yet still, that was. Well, but then I, I would get a hip hop connection. Yeah, Paul. And that's the only reason I knew 
about four star from an advert in hip hop. Yeah, I think brilliant. Got connection and HHC is obviously a fucking yeah amazing piece of work. Yeah. Amazing what it did for this country. But um, George, George having that shop in those two locations, Carnaby and in Camden. Yeah, I never saw the Carnaby one, or I don't recall it anyway. Kilo going out of this monster ass camera and catching all this shit. Yeah, and Julio. No, it's funny. One visual graphic. One of the things that inspired me, I guess this will go on to the later story, there was like an animation. Do you remember the visual graphics where there was an animation, like stop frame animation of a spray can walking down the street (laughs) and it wrote visual graphics. Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's really exciting me because I'm like... That's the same shit. Graph, there's... There's graph, but this is someone obviously has done it as a college project or something. So, yeah. so I was like, there's I was more here into graffiti, but then uh, art. Yeah, I, my art teacher was always quite encouraging. I think. Well, he, by loving like doing what you're doing before the Fangora stuff and like making things and you know, obviously watching things come to life in film. When you saw this fucking spray can <laughs> on this budget ass video which yeah. was gold to you yeah, but yeah. you knew you knew how um, simple it really was but you were like oh shit look where this heads as well yeah. this is like subliminally it's like yeah. the horror films yeah. and the making shit the special effects but this time it's graffiti your new interest yeah. or it was just like oh this can exist even more than the pictures yeah. on the walls exactly you know? yeah the, there's more here but yeah so just like everybody, I'm sure that you speak to, like, yeah, it just was everything. This is so those. I mean, what a fucking I, I, thing! When those funny, camps right? to go to those camps and meet people. Yeah, that's only an '80s and '90s thing. Yeah, but this is pre-internet. Well, exactly. like, everything pre-internet is great. Like, because also Rad Magazine. Rad Magazine. Remember, it had that thing. I never got read. Oh, it was a skateboarder magazine, yeah, and they would have this little list of like spots to skate. Wicked. And I remember once there was one in Leeds. It was like a water overflow pipe. Yeah. And like, dedicated. It's like, we're going to go find this. And it was just a shit pipe in a park. <laughs> it was like, you can't skate. It was all overgrown. And it was like, but the fact that it became in yeah. my real life, you know, there was like, you yeah. learn stuff in magazines. And it went, those moments where it crossed into like, Mate, when it crossed, it's real like, life. Yeah. It's like, I remember my first bit of fame, my first bit of graffiti fame, where I got a mention with Rosa painting in Tufnell Park. I think it was Big Smoke magazine. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. This is it. This Thank is God. There we go. There's that's. I was always looking for fame yeah. from the beginning. I was all about fame. So that for me, that was the crossing point. I was like, bang. Yeah. Right. There's loads of that. <laughs> Where is it? I'm yeah. going. No, it's the same. <laughs> but so anyway, it was, it was those early trips to London. It was like, okay, this is really? it now. I'm doing whatever I can to move to London and paint here. It's like I'm going to paint in Leeds a bit, but that doesn't count. I'm You're gonna, getting out. I've got to come to London to paint. You know, any by any means necessary. Do you know. So, what I mean? um, fifteen, sixteen, you've come to see this. You've come to see the graffiti in, in London. Yeah, well, fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, I think. So you, you obviously do spend time in Leeds and paint, or not? Yeah, but just do you train more like? Yeah, train really badly. Car paint. Like someone told who was it that told me? I think it was this Ian yeah. from uh, Scumfort. Scumfort told me. That if you go, if you call up like Carplan, mm-hmm. that you can go to their factory and just fill up with all their out of date paint. And so I asked my dad, I was like, will you take me to Manchester? I think their factory was in Manchester. Yeah. I called them up and was like, oh, I hear that you might need to get rid of out of date paint. And they were like, yeah, yeah, come and fill up. So my dad drove me to Manchester. We <laughs> filled up the boot of the car God. with uh, out of date Carplan. 
and I just tried to do shit graph around leads with that, and it was awful because it was out it was out of date metallics. Imagine trying to do like <laughs> metallics. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there was the there was the there was the there was the garage down the road that I could get like the peppermint. You know, there was just a couple of colours. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. You know, like Carplan that were okay, like the peppermint and the blue, light yeah, blue. Yeah, blue. Yeah. Um, the red was alright. And then there was another. And then I so in my practicing and doing like just like shit graph everywhere. Were you painting? different names whatever was coming to you was it still that kind of yeah. freedom and I, no it was no and it was also like one of my I went when we went back to Plymouth there was one of my mum's friends his his son was her son was older than me mm. and he was really into hip hop like because he was a bit older so he would give me like the tapes so you know like gunshot and wow. um, so yeah I was re I was young but I was like you're getting introduced. Battle Creek, Battle Creek Brawl and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and it was like those hoodie characters, the yeah. gunshot hoodie gets so good. And he did like this really nice hand style. And I was amazed because I had known him my whole life because he was a friend. But then like in this early, I was like preteen, he knew this thing. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. there was this guy in Plymouth who wrote Dream and I saw this Dream piece. And, and he was like, yeah, I know him. And I was like, and again, one of them chance encounters, and like he wrote Elite, and he did this Elite handstyle. I'm like, wow. Uh, and we came up with like, and that's when I came up with the name. I actually don't know as we glued it, but Insane, and that was where Insa comes from. Uh, so I, we came up with this in, Insane handstyle, and then I was like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. And now that's written in the book. So that was in '89. Fuck. Yeah. Or 90. And so you kind of played probably. with that word from then on. Yeah. Because you you did the odd character. Yeah, so I wrote like in... But insane, insane was the thing. Yeah. You've got... We've got to keep it in, I'm okay. sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> just too good. Yeah, yeah, So I wrote it... Yeah, but it's funny because everyone insane. says, where does Insane come from? And I hate to... Yeah. Insane. It's like fucking hell. But uh, it's so... I'll tell you what, though. Getting to this point now, this many yeah. years later... Yeah, yeah. And then saying it is brilliant. But it's mad that... Anyway, why it's interesting, this guy from Plymouth that taught me a hand style, he's Rubin, that you might know. Remember On It design that were out in Hackney Wick? Yeah. And he had that yard? Yeah. That's Rubin. This, you're That's, basically your cousin, basically. Yeah, like I grew up with him. We used yeah. to go to camps, like this prawl, this hippie camp, where we were just feral kids Fuck left to know. go wild. Um, and that's what was mad, is that I bumped into him later, like, it's like, Rubin. What are you doing in the graffiti world? Because <laughs> he was like, Joe, what are you doing? What are you doing? I brought you yeah, here. Yeah. So yeah, and so he like, yeah, he was a, a big influence. Like, because wow. he would MC and everything. Like he was, he was like an Aggie teenager and was kind of like. I mean, being into you. gunshot down in Plymouth. Yeah. Like you know a thing or two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he was so informed, but he was really informed. That's brilliant. And he taught me. Yeah. You know. Not to say that Gunshot wasn't a nationwide no, no, group, of but, course they were, but yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, so it's like, it's just all these little things that so kind of... It seems like there was loads, like it wasn't just the odd one-off. I, I suppose for a lot of people there are always a few things. This mix sounds amazing though, and especially along with this, you know, just not arrogantly, but I don't give a fuck what you think of me, I'm still going to... Yeah. Me. Like for all of that to happen, and then well, at the same why, time seeing so these things, graffiti was oh, exactly. Like, it was everything. It was it, it was because it. it's like 
this it really is. Yeah. You, you you can be on the outside. You can be on the outside and be anonymous. Yeah. And you can. Yeah. You literally, Mate, it's like fuck you to everybody yeah. else. If it, it might, and, and again another similarity, like I I was a a crook, a rude boy, a criminal. For many, from literally from a stupidly young age, like too young to be fucking about yeah. like that, but I did, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and then I found graffiti, like proper. I found it very young, but I got into, started doing it, and it was just at this crossover of me leaving this shit crime because it got to an awful place, and Nick, when I found it, I was like, oh, this is it, yeah. This is it. This is what I've been looking for. Yeah, yeah, this, this is what this answers is all these the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where I've been misplaced putting this in. Not to say you were misplaced with your clothing or anything, but you lot don't understand. I, I can't be a criminal like that because I can't do behave like yeah. that because, and I couldn't explain myself. They don't understand. But I knew I had this in me, this difference. Yeah. And graffiti was the thing, man. And yeah. No, it, like, it was funny because it was all there. But then, like, those teenagers we literally just got clouded over with smoking weed. So I was kind of yeah. learning to paint, but not very well. well you were, you, know? you and were I was into just, it. I was into, the, into drugs yeah. and into... I mean... Just oof. like... Yeah. And like you say, like, stealing cars, like just doing dickhead behaviour. Yeah. Because you're a teen and... But which is important. You need yeah. to do it all. Yeah. I feel like that's... I would rather have done it all and regretted it than not done it, if you well, know what I mean. Well, as I said earlier, I'm not too keen on the luck word, but the fact that you had academic parents that had told you more about life than what you could see. Yeah, and they, well, they grew up in London, they, they met in London selling socialist worker. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, so they, I, there was always this romantic idea of London in my head. Like so they, you had this whole thing yeah. back it behind, so you could go out and fuck about. It's unfortunate some of our friends didn't have that type of security and that's yeah. why certain things happen. But that, that supposes a bit of luck. That no, I, like in, in like some real talk, way you know it's like I do not not acknowledge my kind of white privilege in that sense like yeah. I think about all the, the mixed race and black kids that I went to school with and we were tight mm. and I look back at that group and it's like fuck do you know what I mean fuck yeah. I was like it's a, it's a and then I think about like like it's hard to not to not talk about people but like you know going to prison or like I've tried everything in my life to fuck my life up do you know what i mean like mm. i've really tried yeah and yet somehow i put your neck on the line i uh i've come out the other end and i'm still making money out the same thing that i was trying to fuck my life mm. up and the other people that have i've been through on this journey haven't well, had no, those I, opportunities given to them no. because the world is like it's controlled by white men. Yeah, that's the reason. And, but and it's like the thing. The thing we we can hope for now is the fact that this mass awareness of this fact yeah. and how come it's absolute bullshit. And not to say you shouldn't have got away with or got through with what you got through with, but let's have some fucking equality in yeah. this shit. Yeah, no. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's hard. Like in in my grown up life, in my like life now with kids and with everything that's happened of like along the journey to reflect and. And be aware of that. It's like it's a hard thing. Oh, of you know, it's a hard, and that's why there's so much denial of it, or people don't want to admit it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's harder to Mate, to admit that you maybe benefited from the white fact privilege. that you say it. Is, you know what I mean? That's a step up because yeah. people don't want to admit it. No, people. Don't. I find it hard to kind of admit it myself, and like, I'm half Irish, half Egyptian. I very rarely say I'm white. Yeah, I don't even know my dad. 
Yeah. So the Egyptian part of me is literally the colour of my skin, yeah. this, this bit of a tan. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I know I'm white. I know that I've got a one-up over yeah. mates I grew up with. I know yeah. I do. It's, a, it's something we carry, man. But I just hope now... Well, that's why than, I guess that's why I want to say it in here, because it is yeah. super important to acknowledge that. that you know is, I mean? And, and unless you acknowledge do. it, it never changes anything. Do you know what I mean? And You have to, and this way you make your kids aware of it. Yeah, you talk about it in situations like this. Well, and, and the more it, it's spoken about, the more open it is. Yeah. the less it can be controlling. Yeah, do you know what I mean? The more people that are aware of this. Because I think of it, every. Yeah, it's not your the, fault. All of those, all my mates, all the people along the way who, you know, but then it's. There's different reasons. There's like a million the, different reasons. Like, is it the, so is you it can't like the inspiration from my mum? Is it the? There's many factors. Is it the dedication? You know. But I definitely can't deny that I feel at this age on reflection, it's like, well, yeah. well the fact I'm... It, it's, it, it's one part. It's not yeah. all of the part. It's, it's one part. Because there's, so the many, there's been so many traps along the way. Yeah. You know, the drugs could have trapped me. Yeah. Leeds. Leeds could have trapped me. You know, uh, prison could have trapped me. They're the, the doing all the credit card stuff. Like, there's so many mm. situations where it's like, I feel like a cat with nine lives that's yeah. managed to still come out the other end. Do you... I know exactly what you mean. I fully yeah. understand. Yeah, I fully so, understand. But it's... You've got to... And then when we reflection, it's, no, it's not luck. You know, if you look at the broader scope of the society, no, it's not luck. No. Do, you, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like... Not. It's, mate, it's behaviour, it's what you do, it's how you do it. The white privilege shit, you've got no control over. So then you're... You're smoking weed, you're nicking cars credit card fraud <laughs> the shit you get up to as a teenager in Leeds yeah and, and you're into this graffiti thing and dabbling yeah but your aim is to get to London yeah so what did you do so I um, so I did pretty bad at my GCSEs yeah like C's and D's and stuff mm-hmm. and I went to I did art at A level mm-hmm. and then you have to do this thing called like a foundation so I did a year's foundation went to Jacob Kramer and that was a big change that was suddenly like so all my mates that I was smoking weed with all those years so my house was also a smoker's house like my mum would let it's the same like she would let us all smoke because she would rather we were smoking in the house than getting into fights outside because we like anyway it's funny where I grew up there was like just this gang we would all meet and get fucking drunk and just be Rally to beat up students basically. Yeah. I, like I hate for, thinking about that time because it was like Horrible. hideous, yeah, mm. hideous. Like. Part of it though, and it's kind of obvious. Like I guess my parents going through a divorce, so there was a lot of anger yeah. to burn and a lot of confusion and identity. And it's a group you're with. Yeah, it's not just you. You're yeah. you at an age where you're susceptible to people yeah. and how they behave. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> and then I went to art college. Where uh, was this place? In Leeds. Oh, it was in called Leeds. Called Jacob Kramer. Okay. And they kind of didn't. I can't remember it all. Oh, no, do you want another little random story? No, there's, there's too many random little stories about graphing. Just in my work experience, GCSE work experience, I went to this print place yeah. in Leeds. And like, it was like a vinyl, die cut vinyl place. Yeah. Because obviously, like your teacher, like, what do you like graffiti? Graphics. Okay, <laughs> you go to a graphics design place. Uh, like now, I said graffiti, not graphics. Uh, and anyway, in this place, there were the 
like the, I was the work experience boy, and they thought they were being really like it was so funny because obviously they had this school kid on the property, and, yeah. and every lunchtime they'd be like, "We're just going up onto the roof. We'll be back in a minute." And like, I think one day they say they came back at Stone, and I was like, "Are you getting smoking the roof?" And pulled out this huge bag of weed. I was like. If we're going to smoke a joint, at least smoke a good one. <laughs> um, but then I, I was like, oh, can I mess around with some of the scraps? So when they were up on the roof smoking weed, I like, did these, like, I always drew these, like, characters from the side, you know, the classic yeah, yeah. half-side face hip-hop character. Yeah. God, I've done so many mixtapes. I've done so many of those characters. And I was cut out the vinyl yeah, and made it. Wicked. And I was like, wow, this looks like Briel. Yeah. And two of them came down and were like, Wow, do you, do you write and told me the story about going down to London and going to like um, Ladbroke Grove and photographing stuff? And this was really, this was I think before, I, I can't remember, the dates overlap a bit and saying that they got their camera robbed and stuff and this like horror stories of going to London and that just filled the energy. Yes. This is like, <laughs> I've got to get there. Yeah, this shit. This, <laughs> Sounds that's, amazing. That's where I'm going. But anyway, that's total distraction. Anyway, I went to Jacob Kramer, did a foundation year. Yeah, that was great. You know, it opened, you know, got more. Did you know it was, it was art you wanted to do? Yeah, and it was like academically, it was art. Well, I had no choice. It was like this is. But you, but you decided to go to yeah. college. Well, it was like I'm not getting a job. I guess all I had in my head is like, don't get a job. I, I'm gonna do art. I like art. I've always, as a kid, I was like that. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know. Um, so what do you do after sixth form? It's like, am I going to fuck around or am I yeah. going to, what am I going to do next? So I went to Jabe Kramer and it, that was exciting because it was suddenly a new, you know, there was girls. There. Loads of new people. Yeah, like, trip to Paris. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, so, and trip to London, you know, so it's like, okay, I, I need to not fuck around too much at this because this is a ticket to university. This can get me out. If I can do this, I'll get to university. And literally my application form for university was like London, 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 London. I think it was like Camberwell, Central St. Martins, and I didn't get into anywhere. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I, and I was, cause I was like just doing kind of graph and stuff. Oh. And I was, I was kind of dabbling with other stuff, but I did this great, I'll show you one of my early, um, early things I did this like whole campaign for Nike like this was my Jacob Kramer it was called like Nike Air Beef uh, and it was like fuck pigs buy beef and it was because it was the, the facts that like Nike Air were uh, the most worn trainers by robbers so I was like why don't we do a whole campaign to like burglars yeah Nike and anyway that was the kind of stuff I was doing Dope. at the foundation um, conceptual yeah and uh, well Trying to be. Nearly, but yeah, sixth form conceptual. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so I didn't get into anywhere for university. Went to, you know, uh, and then there was, there's clearing, you know, so if you don't get into a university, you can go through clearing. Right. So I put goldsmiths in New Cross in clearing and by magic got wow. in. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Had to go down and show them before. And I think. So what's clearing for people that don't... So if so you if don't get, get in, into they... a chosen university, then there's clearing, so there's there's spaces left to fill up in places. Fucking hell, and Goldsmiths was there. Yeah, yeah, so I got into Goldsmiths. Um, which is weird, because I actually would totally have chosen that if I'd known, but I, like, I, didn't, I wasn't even reading the names, really. I was like, I'm going to London. 
London. London. Yeah, London. London, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. going there to paint graph. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Where this were is you, London? Perfect. How can I paint graph in London? Yeah, the university, they give you a place to live for the first year. Okay, I'm, yeah. that's how I'm going to go paint graph in London. Yeah. Sick, and so, the, yeah, then... And I remember on the clearing... Like, this is why life is serendipitous. I remember going for the interview, getting a train from London Bridge and just seeing unknown, unknown, oh unknown. And, like, this is a new level of graph. Like, this is... I thought I knew it, but this is, like, on the tracks. And, like, who is this character? And my sister's boyfriend had already gone down to London... And so he lived in Newcross. So I'd gone to meet him. Yeah. And he was like talking about, he's like, yeah, he's everywhere. This unknown guy. Don't, no one knows who he is, sort of thing. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, this, I want to get into Goldsmiths. I want to go to Newcross. This is, I've got to be here. This is a different. Like, I'd been to West London and North London. Yeah. But then South East London, I was like, this is a different world. This is even better than that, you know. Um, yeah, and luckily got in. And, and then it was like, this is it. Like, this was almost like, I'm. Um, I'm running, you know, and now I'm in the world. You now know, it's like, time oh, to implement yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, everything that I've been trying to learn, everything, like, now I can paint a yeah. real graph. And and it was a real fast, lear- like, yeah. real fast learning. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember like, the first outing? Yeah, it was, like, pissed in, uh, well, behind, in Deptford. So my halls of residence was in Deptford, and I would paint. I still had a load of that shit car plan. It lasted me for years. I still <laughs> had that, but I, I never said as well, like, I should have said that, on my, we used to take trips to Amsterdam every year to buy weed. Like, yeah, on my, yeah, I think on my 16th birthday. So my dad had left and I think to try and, mate, he was like for my 16th birthday, was like, oh, I'm going to take you to Amsterdam. And just, that was like when weed took over a bit because uh, it was already big. But, mm. but anyway, I also I found paint, you know, Sparva. Yeah. And so bought a load of that to bring back. Amazing. And so I kind of, it was like I'd almost been a, Accumulating the tools yeah, along to the get way, out there. and the stuff, and it was like, I'm fucking in London. I'm yeah. going for it now, and um, and it was really quite soon. I met Known, and this is what I mean. Like, so Known was in my mind before yeah. I moved there. And then I got there, and I just like bombed, and it was like, oh, there's. I was doing like these stirrups, so like in a rip-off, really, of Known. You know, his kind of soft, yeah. soft letters. And I was trying all different letters and just writing into... Well, I don't know. You got to It that was point. quite early that... Well, because I'd been arrested in Leeds. Ah. Um, yeah, I, no, this is it. This is... There was a this place called the Dry Dock. Right. Uh, so this was in Leeds, yeah, and it's like, I'm going to be into... I'm going to do big... So after these trips to London, I did these big blockbuster, like, crimes that were ugly as sin but like I was all like where are the biggest spots that I can get I want to get famous or and uh, there was the dry dock which was like a canal boat but yeah, yeah. in a roundabout like prime like centre 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 of town like stupid like why would you try and hit that yeah uh, and it was like well I don't have fucking trains to paint I'm going to paint the side of this boat this bar in town. and yeah got chased by the police and yeah, annoying. Like, I ran across this field and I was like legging it and jumped onto the fence, and they just drove into me to pin me against the fence. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so annoying because I went back the next day and there was a fucking gap in the fence two foot that way. If it hadn't been, if I just kept running, I would have made it away, but oh. I stupidly jumped, jumped on the there. fence. Yeah, anyway, so 
I went to court there and I think like the life just repeats itself so I, I think college was like this is not good do you know what I mean you've got yeah. to pull your ideas together you're gonna you can't do, you're gonna fuck yourself. yeah you're gonna fuck it up so yeah anyway got to London and it was like yeah I really and I just like imagine there was that intense want to learn anyway did you stop painting in Leeds after no no kept painting kept painting but, but so, like, badly in between yeah Smoking pilling, a lot of weed. Well, pilling. taking pills and going bowling. Like, yeah. glow in the dark bowling on pills is the best thing ever. Like, right. when your mate gets a strike, you are <laughs> so happy. It's the happiest I've ever felt. Like, I don't think I've ever felt happier <laughs> than fucking glow in the dark bowling getting a strike. I've pilling always been looking for that happiness. <laughs> this is the horrible thing about pills in our generation is yeah. like, everyone used all their happiness up. They oh, saw God. the joy and then they, they used it, it all up. It was amazing. But anyway, you know, glow in the dark. <laughs> um, but I uh, so then you get to London. So anyway, so I get to London. And it's like, okay, I've got, I've got to go for it. You know, yeah. like, were you nervous? Yeah, because I went out on my own a lot. Like, so my mates, no, the, I didn't. No one at university seen. Like, none of my friends I made were painters. Were painters, yeah. but I was like, this is what I'm going to do, and they were like, okay, yeah. So like, my housemates at the time would kind of come out with me and keep dog and. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get that spot near London Bridge, and like, it was a real fast, yeah, yeah, like dive in basically, yeah. and it's like, I'm just gonna go for this. Try and I know what needs to be done. Yeah, I need to get up. Yeah. I need to come, and I need to paint, and I need. Yeah, this is how I do it. Yeah, and and it was great. I was so like, I'm trying to. At that time, it was like, it was like drape and yeah, all the, like all those like Southeast London. Um, so really new mask um, crud yeah crud uh, and like there was all like, it, like I really liked because I, I focused on like that world I didn't travel too much of other parts of London do you know what I mean yeah I would occasionally but it was like no I'm going to get up to South London yeah so like did all the walks you know bombing down um, the track walks uh, track walks like some real schoolboy errors to start with, you know. Like it was a quick learning. Like I think I did a a piece over a sir piece. Ooh. Yeah. No, it wasn't sir. It was Jay's. And then I met Sense. Do you remember Sensor? Yeah. yeah. The Australian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow I randomly bumped into him because he had dogged me, dogged my thing out, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done. Like yeah. it was like learn. Like I had to learn all the rules. What happened there? Oh really fuck! Quick. I realised. And yeah. I met him, and he was like, no. Like he, I when I was at Armin, he was like, "No, you don't." And I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah." And so, like, that was a real quick learning, yeah. you know. Like, no, don't go over anyone. You yeah. know, fresh walls, like fighting for space, and it was all like these obvious things. That's what motivated you. It's like, okay, I've got to look for new spots, yeah. and then I'm seeing known doing those fucking white buildings. You know, they they had that big alive piece, and just like wow. And I I don't know how I met known, but I did, and we got on. We like got on really clicked straight away, and I, and then it was like, was, was he just, local to Deptford? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was Lewisham, Lewisham. and um, and yeah, and so we started painting with him, and it was just like, I kind of was in a place where I can't believe I'm painting with the guy that I thought was just legend three years ago. Do you know what I mean? Three yeah. years ago, I thought this guy was like legend, yeah. and the fact that in that time he had gone from unknown to known <laughs> as and well. It was like, fuck. <laughs> I know it this was guy is a genius. He's now and now he's known. I know him. <laughs> this guy is amazing. And that's too deep. And also, uh, um, so at university, 
I had to do a work experience placement again. Yeah. And I went to do a work experience of graphitism at the magazine. Fuck. Yeah. So this was this is what I mean. It's like this is what I'm doing. How can I get You're going a, in as much knowledge All of as it. I can. So yeah, so E-frame. Direct. E-frame. E-frame right. This was done when their office was down in Carl Short and also No, yeah. like they had this little office um, in like Yeah, Carl Short. Like, I found it like it was weird because it was like in bumpkin land to yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, this is graphic. Like, really? <laughs> this is the magazine that I've been looking at since I was a teenager. Yeah. Just like, this is the, the knowledge. <laughs> and it's down here. Huh? You expected uh, to see New yeah. York whole cars. Yeah, exactly. On the same alleyway. Yeah, or like, I don't know, like, yeah, I know yeah, be like in a basement in Brixton. Yeah, and exactly. Just have to fight they were once in. above Mr. Bongo's. Yeah. Which was a no, and I don't want to not being disrespectful. No, of course to not. It's it was just, just different yeah, to the my dream expectations. That was in your head, but then that was kind of it's all part of the learning as well of realizing, yeah. ah, you know, like actually, it's just a graph mag. How the fuck could they afford to be in Brixton? Yeah. Of course they're in Colchester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I did, and and like while I was there, they were like picking a new cover artist, and I was like, known. You have to put, known. and they were like, do you know known? I'm like, yeah. You have to put him on the cover. He's like the Don. The Don. Amazing. And so then, so it was. So this was a long year or two years of just painting. Like really was trying to get up. Like yeah. I probably didn't get up as much as. But there was also Digital Jungle. Yeah. And it was it was mad. It was like. Yeah, you know, in the university library they had the really shit internet connection. You could get on and just discovered like a digital jungle Enigma, no yeah. Euro Writers Forum uh -huh. like, so the first bit of graph on the internet was Euro Writers Forum wow and <coughs> I like started to read that and it was like wow fuck you know how do I how do I know how do I and then do you remember Enigma did like the top 10 or something digital jungle did like every year they did a top 10 yeah yeah I do remember yeah 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 and I remember the first year like Known was in the top or something. Yeah. Aztec was in there, and I remember at that time I'm like, I'm getting in that fucking top ten. Uh, and, next year, and next year I was in the top ten. It was like uh, there was, yeah, Aztec known, and I just done a lot of chromes along that line. Yeah, you know, London Bridge line, London Bridge, London Bridge down to like Penge and Annerley that line. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm just gonna get Beat up basically and just it's very calculated it feels it doesn't it it's brilliant like, though because it isn't yeah what you're too young you wouldn't know how to do that yeah but and again it comes back to who you are who you are you yeah know i mean what your soul is and the type of person you are is why this shit like it's not calculated as in thought out i know you wanted to come to london and go and smash it but just the efficiency of the things you did. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but brilliant. again, it's like it's lucky, like it does feel lucky because, like, um, so, so yeah, like I say, there was all these people. Like, I, I, like I said, when I first got there, I, known stuck out to me. Yeah. And then when I was looking at pieces and in graphitism, yeah, like Aztec stuff, always stuck King. out to me. I just couldn't deal with London it. It was like Don. this was yeah. wild style. Wild style done. Everything. And I met him at Grove Park, I think, once. And then like just feel like for some reason he took me under his wing a bit. The same as Known took me under his wing a bit. And Known showed me, you know, 
how to hang from fucking railway bridges. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like we, there were so many nights painting that line to London Bridge. He had to get over. Yeah, and like trackies coming and hanging out like, I'm going to die, but this is great. Do you know what I mean? It's like, fine. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't care because I'm in it. I'm, I'm in the it. moment here. Yeah. I'm, li- I'm with like if this is it. Yeah. Then and just like just committed. Like let's do it. Let's get up. And then I second is like like I've always said since then that if ever I was in an interview and if ever I have to give thank- thanks to the Az- Aztec. Like Aztec and known like they known taught me getting getting up and Aztec taught me like style, style and, yeah, and the importance of and the commitment to like getting it right and tidiness and like I would like I would always have loads of ideas like this is I had loads of ideas for productions and loads of ideas for walls but then I, uh, uh, like I'm amazed looking back at some of my early pieces that Aztec painted with me because I look at my wonk thing next to his burner mm. but even though I had maybe suggested a nice idea for the, co- the collab do you know what I mean but my shit looked wrong and his was amazing. But yeah, he was not nice. Guy, he, he like, and I learned so fast. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, this is what I mean. I think with Known, I learned so fast. And with Aztec, I learned so fast. It's like, you're only as good as your teachers. And I feel like I had two very good that is, teachers. I mean, fucking right place at the right time shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I, and I, I don't think I was aware of it, but... I, I am now. Do you know what I mean? I don't think at the time well, I was aware of it. No, you, ne- you, you it never like, are. No, you never but are. No, I was aware. I felt very lucky. I felt like I don't want to be painting with anybody else right now. Yeah. You know, with Aztec. Like, yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. Basically. You're from, it couldn't be, you're better. It couldn't be any better. This is the bit of London that I've fallen in love with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I love your style. Um, and then, yeah, I'm kind of missing the order of how things happen, but in amongst all that getting upness and I still when I look back at those tracks it was all quite toy not toy but it wasn't defined style wise I think I was just on a mission style wise well I just was on a mission to get so I'd try and do stuff that was different or stick out I wanted people to notice Inter do you know what I mean I'd seen how known stood out I wanted to stand out and I wanted people to get into this yeah Um, and anyway and it was it was, but then it was also known that it took me to other parts of London as well. So, so while we were, so while I was at Graffitism, I was like, oh, well, we have to do a story unknown, and we have to go get photos. So we, it was like, I literally was living a dream, if you yeah. know what I mean. It's like, for college, I'm spending my days <laughs> drinking and travelling on the tubes, trying to get photos of, trying to get photos of known shit. With uh, with him, and at night I'm painting shit with nine. Do you know what I mean? This is like this is perfect. Yeah, this is the life. Like I don't need. And I'm, in, I'm in London. Yeah, right? what I don't, get? like my family's from here. Yeah, I, all I need to, I just need to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but like, is it? How am I going to fund this for the rest of my life? Are basically? you at, at this time? Are you reading or looking at like Stephen Powers? Or you know, like the art of getting up. Or I, uh, yeah, I don't. Is there, not is quite there, at this time. I think are there other things coming into play. Or is it still very much just like blinkers on? It's London. I think for that first two years, there was it was just blinkers. Yeah, it's it amazing. Was, it man. was grass submerged. Yeah, and um, but anyway, it was while it was while we were out photographing. We were trying to get 
a, uh, a photo of uh, Nolan's piece outside Paddington, um, and uh, and you know there's a, there's a building now. It's a monsoon building. It's got that weird chimney, yeah, like yeah, Art Deco building. building. <laughs> and we it was like uh, we were trying to climb up from there to get some photos. Yeah, and uh, we were just cocky like. This is why, like, this is the downfall of anyone, anyone in that way. You know, when you just get so cocky, it's like we're like the city's yours. Yeah, racking paint in the day. Yeah, you know, I had met Ethel then, so me, Ethel, known were going out at night. Like, we were just racking like food and paint all day. Lifestyle. Yeah, and just like this is this is what I'm doing, yeah. and then so we were taking photographs. And we'd racked some paint, and it was like, oh, fuck it, let's just do a dub on this spot up here. It was a derelict building, so it's like, who's going to give it was empty yeah. by then. I remember exactly yeah, yeah. when that was, yeah. So we started doing dubs yeah. there, and that's when the police came in. And Did they spot you off the A4? The, uh, the fire station oh, yeah. must have spotted us. And yeah, it's so fucking stupid when I think about it. It's like, ugh. And anyway, so that's when they came and got us. And... Um, and that's where we got uh, sent down. Like, so I didn't even think much of it. So I was like, "Yeah, I've been arrested enough times. It's just be a, a call. Do you know what I mean? It'll mm. be a fine. Like, oh, it won't be anything." And uh, where'd you go? Edgeware Road Police Station. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was like I was too immersed. I wasn't even really thinking about it. It was just like, oh, what? Been arrested for graft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was in the fucking derelict building. Sales for a few hours, nothing. Yeah. So we spent. And like I remember one of it was a scary moment. So we got let out of the cells and I'm like, okay, the first thing I've got to do is go chrome out our names. You know, so stupidly they let me out of the police station with the paint that they had arrested me with. So like literally they were like, Where do you want to get dropped? Or I can't remember if they dropped me off or like the where do you wanna go? And so I said, Oh, it's okay, I'll walk from here. Went straight back to the monsoon building, crept back in, chromed both of our things out thinking they might not have taken photos yet they'll go back tomorrow to take photos um just like you say like you learn everything like of course i don't want to get done as insert i want to get just done yeah. for graffiti and luckily the in the court case like they pulled up a photo of it and like I, I, it makes me cringe i remember saying something like the the judge was just a fucking asshole and like oh you think this is beautiful the Queen's Parade was just a, that was beautiful. What what is this? And I was like, oh, it's bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was painting bubbles or something. It's like, oh, good, Jesus, brilliant. And um, yeah, and then like, and then she's like, oh, you're getting sent down. And it was like, it was just like fucking nuts. I looked over and Ethel was in the dock, and my mum was, and they started crying. Yeah, their jaws must have dropped. Yeah, and I was a bit like, oh. Fuck, do you know what I mean? And so we got rid of it's down. ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of obvious, but at the time it wasn't it yeah. wasn't obvious. Because they were like, okay, we've seen you were arrested when you were thirteen. We've seen you were arrested when you were sixteen. You're now twenty. That means you've been doing this nonstop. And they were kind of right in a way. It's like you But been, they just didn't really get it. Yeah, you've been doing this nonstop for eight years. Yeah. You know, you're going down. And so yeah, we like was it the same for known then did, they, did he have yeah. a record yeah yeah so he had a record as well as well yeah so they just kind of paired us together and sent us down and um and yeah we went to brixton 
And uh, Fuck. it was just like, it's mad. Although this is what I always, always say, it's like, the the, the 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 fear of prison is worse than the reality of prison. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They should never send a graffiti writer to prison because a it's not a violent crime. It's the, like it's so ridiculous. Costs that they more than people. it costs yeah. to clean it. But that trip was like going like going that in trip. Uh, <laughs> was like I was shitting myself at first. Of like course. I was like I'm gonna get raped, everything. I'm gonna get beaten up. I'm gonna all this stuff. But like, I remember being in the Securical van, and we went past Stockwell Skate Park, and I think me and Noan had a piece in there, and the sun was shining on it perfectly, and I was just like, "Why the fuck do I not have a camera? Like this is the best photo ever through the cell window, yeah. you know, through the bars." And then it was like, "Oh, I know that this is everything, you know. Actually, I can weather this because it, that's more important out there than any of this cell or any of the, you know, like this thing taking me to prison fuck. is just part of that. And that is everything, so this doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? And and pretty soon, you know, it was like, prison, prison, it's just fucking boring. Do you know what I mean? The first few, uh, first week, just fucking boring. And then I managed to get hold of some pens and soon I realised that because I could draw like a big ass and I could do nice, like, women's names like um, I had quite a good trade in there like Brilliant. in the beginning of like break time other inmates would run and be like oh can you draw this and can you write this girl's name can you write this so I was doing drawings and they were like giving us like porno mags and biscuits and like we just had a quite a good yeah. like, it was, like it didn't take me long to think were you there with Noan as well well no we were separate at first but then we got put in the same cell wow and that's when we were just just drew, spend the whole time drawing, and like you could smoke weed at night. It's crazy. Like we, you rip your bed sheet and tied the cup to the end, swing it to the next room. They would put a joint in, smoke it, and pass it down. And like every day in the yard, it was just a lattice of like, path. you know, they obviously allowed it because it's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, pr prisons are dodgy. Um, but now we did quite a good. I realised that I would be fine. You know. I could have done... Was it scary? Uh, going it, like, the when I got, like, when you get strip searched and put in the, like, holding cell, I was scared then, so I was like, I don't... This is When do I get beaten up? <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When am I going to get raped? Yeah, yeah. Or when's someone going to try it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? When am I going to get bullied? When yeah. am I going to get what? Yeah. yeah, and then it's just like, I don't know, it's like, like I say, the fear is worse than reality. Was it summer or winter when you went in? Summer. Summer. It was my 21st birthday. Wow. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, so, but then like I say, it didn't take long to realise that no one's going to, you know, unless you're a dickhead, no one's going to beat you up, yeah, yeah. you know. And if you can do drawing, then you've got a skill to trade. Yeah. And it's like, so people need that. It's like anything around the world, you know. This is the beauty of art. It's like, <sighs> yeah. if you have it's that power, skill, man. anywhere in the world, some of my best experience have been swapping a, a painting for some food or like painting a shack and getting given a meal at the end you know it all comes back to that same experience swapping a drawing for a bag of biscuits yeah. in prison it's the same like it's interesting to talk about because it, it, feel, yeah. it feels like a lifetime ago this I is what I mean imagine, it's like yeah. I, I feel like I've done so much since yeah, then yeah you have that, um, how long are you this in this is like but we got out on appeal because yeah. basically my the, the main concern was like I don't want this on my record mm -hmm. And so, so it was kind of one of them different things of like, I hadn't uh, really thought that I was going to get sent down. And then, and I wasn't even really thinking about it, but my mum was like, uh, 
that's going to fuck up your whatever you want to do in your future that's going to fuck it up she visiting you in prison yeah and I was like she visited me and I was like like looking back again it was a bit stupid I tried to be like oh it's not that bad it's just it's part of the graffiti thing it's fine no I was like it's not even that bad and she's Mm. like no, you will fuck your future yeah, yeah. is fucked, you dickhead. Yeah. This you minute might I mean? be all right. You might be you dealing with this. You cannot go to America. You cannot go to Japan. You cannot yeah. go to any. There's so many places in the world because you're inside. You're a dickhead, sort of thing. And then she went like on a mission, calling friends or anyone she knew to try and work out how to like learn how to appeal against it yeah. and how. And then, luckily. We, we appealed and got out, but Amazing. we didn't get out that early. It was just, the main appeal was to get the- Clean the conviction. Yeah, get yeah. the-, the So on squashed. my, so it's crazy. On my uh, record, it says 50 quid fine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, but what I, what's dark is I know that it is, there's some like hidden Oh, there's something there, yeah. Because I've been arrested since and the police are like, you had a nice 21st birthday, did you? And I'm like, there's no, at least it was up in Edinburgh. And they I'm shouldn't like, know that. You shouldn't know that, but you do because, yeah. so they're like, have you, ah, oh, ah, oh, you're, uh. you're known to us, are you? And I'm like, no, look at my record. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you say you had a good 21st birthday. So it's like, there's obviously, they have like, on my record, it's quashed, but yeah, yeah. there's still somewhere, I don't know what they do. I don't know how it works. I've never believed the whole six year caution thing. Yeah. Like when you were young. Yeah, because it must be on... Of course they've got They'll it. have a little start. Of course they'll There'll be some know. hidden code yeah, in he there. he was like... a dickhead as a teenager. Yeah. If, he's, if, you get, if you're nicking him at 30, just so you know, he was nicked at 12, 13 and 16. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. What was mad is like, so I was at college at the time, I was at Goldsmiths at university, and it was kind of like mad because, so I got out and I had to go see my, there was a tutor, Maxine, I want to give her a lot of credit because she kind of stuck by me. She she actually came to court for the appeal. Oh. Artful Dodger came to court for the appeal. Big up. Um, and, and, she, and I, when I went to see her afterwards, I was like, oh, what the fuck have I done sort of thing? And she was like, you know, at the time, you're kind of a bit clouded by it. But she was like, don't worry, in your future, it's just part of your story. Do you know what I mean? It's just, part, it's just part of your story. It is. And I didn't, I didn't know what she meant no. at the time. And, um, but then now I like look back and I'm like, I should never say I'm pleased to go to prison, but it's like, I would rather, I'd rather see every part of the world. Do you Listen, know what I mean? I wanna, I it's wanna, a turning point. I want to go into yeah. the most bougie places in the world. I yeah. want to see the worst places in the world. Yeah. I, I know from experience what it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I no longer have that fear. No. Like, the, the fear to go to prison is worse than the reality. Yeah. You know I mean, like, I'm not scared of that. No, but you're not going to do anything to go there either. Yeah. Well, because you know that it's, it's shit. It's pointed boring. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Uh, and, um, so what did you do when you came out? But anyway, the worst thing is, so Goldsmiths, like, imagine I was like, okay, I've put that drama behind me. And I really, like, started to focus on wall painting. Uh, that's when me and Aztec were just painting, painting, painting. Like, it Didn't was like... quit. No. Still painting for a bit. Yeah. He's a musician though, right? Yeah, he, I remember he was, the guitar so he on would the cover. But he would come and hang out like we would hang out anyway. Like yeah. my housemates were DJs, where everyone would just blaze and yeah. he would play his guitar, they would DJ, you know, it was just like So this was this you'd just, been yeah, you'd yeah, been yeah. through this thing but life continues. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I got really into like still for a while I still did some illegal stuff. 
um, just because it was more like, oh, fuck you, I don't want you yeah, to yeah. stop. But then I was kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, I've got to no. be careful here, yeah. really. And I just started to get more into walls <clears throat> productions and Aztec, and it was like, oh, there's so much to do. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, like, that's when we were just plowing them out and giving them to, um, like, loads of walls were going, graphitism. Because obviously I'd finished that work experience mm-hmm. thing, but I had the... Built a relationship. The relationship, so they were getting pictures, you know, it was like, that's when it was just all about walls and productions and like I got really into like the 3D letters and just got obsessed with cutbacks and like clean and like I just need to get... So like, but you didn't, even though you were painting with Aztec, you didn't feel to go along his line? Of, well, he was doing 3D, that's when he, he started doing mm, 3D But stuff. he was doing, his 3D is still traditional graffiti structured letters, which is why he's a genius, because yeah. he's got... The yeah, London. Got, his like his wild style. His, London yeah, yeah, his style, style in three D. Yeah. Which is not to say yours isn't your your three D letter for your interpieces are your style in that style. But his has got that London yeah funk yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you didn't feel to go that way. You well, no. I, I guess with a lot of things, I was just trying to like I was aware of everything. So I, I just was like, you know, there was I wanted to create my own style if you yeah, know what I mean I suppose that's there was a way that, to teach you that Dime was doing yeah. 3D Lumit was doing 3D yeah. and it's like okay you can see Lumit's technique of the white highlights yeah. and the big fat bits you can see Dime's structure is like center sticking out in the middle working back on that like that grid mm-hmm. so it was like I want to try and create something different and I just played around like, I got stuck in that one style for a while that was all like flowy and sharp mm-hmm. but I tried lots of different shapes I was just really into like and got shape. into the shadows and got into the painting and really got into like mm. painting you know it's like light to dark all the colours are starting coming out you yeah. know it was like li- brands were starting just to just as nice colours were coming out so it's like well let's use it because mm. some of those early 3Ds are like still you know shitty decoratives you know mm. plastic coat decoratives high coats and so it all got cleaner as the paint got better mm. that was, so that was quite a few years and I think about four years I guess me and Aztec would paint and so we would paint week in week out and Ethel's painting as well and Ethel's painting yeah what's funny. that like, like what, uh, what was that like being the graffiti couple in the city well, it's funny like I, I never really saw it as that but it was uh, no I was like Ethel when I met her although this is maybe I, I would love to it's such a small world but she was going out with someone already who was from Hull, who was all part of that TCF crowd. Oh, is it? Yeah. And when I met her, yeah, I fell in love and it was like, yeah, you're... Yeah. It happens, I've you, done the you, same you, you, She was, like, she put on, like, Ethel was, before I met, she was super into hip-hop. She was at the same university. She was hanging out with, like, Blade, you know, Mark being Blade. Mm-hmm. She was hanging out with Blade and putting on, like, these hip-hop nights. And I'm just like, yeah, this girl is... Cool, yeah. and um, and yeah, her old boyfriend was kind of a writer, mm-hmm. and um, and I was like, yeah, she she's cool. And then we're like, it wasn't like I was encouraging her to paint with me. I was just like, it was it was it was the world, you know. Yeah, I mean, Do you know what I mean, like hip hop and graffiti, it was everything. So yeah, it's like you I might think, as well paint. Yeah, when I say couple as well, it wasn't. You're right, it wasn't that because you both stood alone. Ethel did stand alone originally as a graffiti writer yeah so she was like I always wanted to try and do outlines but she was like nah I'm, she's doing her uh, thing yeah. yeah and and also it's like 
yeah, it was just like, why is she going to sit and watch me paint instead yeah. of paint? Mm. Like, I'll, I'll paint as well. And and also the Ethel name was because all the girls' names were like cutesy or yeah. booby, you know, yeah. like girly, girly, girly. And Ethel was like old lady, just like anti yeah. Ethel from EastEnders. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> this is the opposite of cute. Yeah. You know, I don't want a girly name. Woman. Yeah. And... Um, so I'm just trying to think, yeah, we just paint, like, and that's where I think it was, I'm trying to work out what uh, what order it went in. So anyway, after prison, Goldsmiths kicked off and tried to kick me out. Right. And it's crazy, so I had to have this big meeting in Deptford Town Hall. They had, like, the mayor, the head of the college, the head of um, the like chief of Lewisham police or something. They had all these people there and they were like, we're, you've brought the college name into disrepute. A pupil of our college cannot go to prison sort of thing. Uh, you, you, and you have to prove why you're worthy to stay in. Uh, and it's so funny because like, my mum had kind of had enough. She was like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how she's connected to this woman, but some kind of this dodgy like coke dealing lawyer in Leeds, big butch, coke dealer (laughs) she was like I'm coming down so for the hearing like I was was in the town hall sat there and she like passed me a credit card she was like just lick that before we go in obviously just give me a little boost (laughs) uh, a little bump of comment and uh, like I bless my mum but my mum was a bit like Really? Confused. <laughs> well, no, just a bit like, yeah. huh? that's not like, yeah, what? Like, worried, like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I've, I've, pulled, I've pulled that emergency cord of like, <laughs> now I'll pull in the big gun and like, oh, Shit. what have I done? It's a bit too big. Yeah. <laughs> and we sat in, imagine in this old town hall, yeah. all these people sat around. Uh, You've got a little oh, charge like, on. <laughs> and so this big tonk woman, she's like, can I just speak to the defendant outside? Before we go, but before we start, and I went outside for about ten minutes, and we're sat in silence. Like I'm just sat twiddling my thumbs, like grinning at people. Yeah. And uh, and she came, they came back in, and uh, he says, the defendant just or the prosecutor or whatever, he just said, we do not need to proceed with today. I would like to say how happy we are for to stay at the university, stay in Goldsmiths, and uh, we'll love for him to finish his course. Oh, and nothing else was said, and I, I not know to this day what she said outside. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it was just like, wow. Like, I don't know what she had. She either like had something on him. Had or yeah, she will have just gone dirty. She will have just yeah. the week before. I don't know. I, like, something. Like, like, I honestly don't know. She pulled the move though. Yeah. So you got to stay. So she somehow she had the get out of jail free card, oh, and fuck. it was like, okay, I got to stay. And the worst thing, this is what I hate about the world. It's such a fucking. Thing, but so I did my final year project. I made a load of toys. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. Those graffiti action figures. Yeah. So I made this, like I made us all basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's I it, yeah. um, I made like my life. Yeah. I made like Aztec and Known and me and yeah. Aldo. I, I haven't even talked like so. Yeah. But Aldo in this whole... time painting yeah. with Aldo and Muro. Yeah. R.I.P. Sadly, he died last year. Um, Any. Yeah, and any. So we set up Poo Crew. Like, Poo Crew? Yeah, there's so much. To get to Jesus, work, but that's loses. what I mean. There was so much going on. It was yeah. just, that was everything for. Yeah. Uh, for like, yeah, for years, just painting. Uh, 
Those early 2000s. Yeah, we did that. Get to work, you losers piece. That Amazing. was so much fun. Iconic. On that London like, bridge line We would well. just travel the train in the morning and watch people look out the window and get pissed off by it. Yeah. And you remember Metro newspaper? Yeah. Like, I saved some clipping somewhere of like, because you know losers was spelt like double O. So oh, we yeah. were trying to say get to work, you losers. Yeah. But it read losers. And then this Metro <laughs> thing is like, if these graffiti vandals are going to tell me to get to work, they can at least learn to spell. And it was like, that was like, made. That was the ball. That, like, um, to get in the Metro Commons pages was like, yeah, fame. Uh, that is fucking, that is, that is, that is getting into the public psyche. Yeah. So it was like, it was great. And then we did another one. Me and Annie went back and did a, before that big anti-war march, you know, Blair. Yeah. Uh, we did that war, huh? Yeah, what is it good for? I Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we yeah we were just painted loads. We tried to do all those tracks like, and trying to do with emulsion, you know, yeah. emulsion those walls. Like so much, there's so much of my piss on those walls because the emulsion never. Wait, I was just <laughs> piss in the bucket. So I'd have to water it down yeah. to go on that horrible, you know, that <laughs> dirty black walls. Um, Furry brick. And sumo, but the, it was funny. This was at the same time. So I'd met sumo, from Luxembourg. Yeah. And. Um, and that, like, this is where it opened my eyes internationally. Because, so let's say after prison, I started painting productions, and yeah. then I had made friends with Sumo, who went to London College of Printing, were known. So they, that's how Sick. we, we kind of got to know each other. So I would go visit Sumo in Luxembourg, and then we would go paint in Paris. And, you know, and it's just like that's when graffiti became, it was more real. And, you know, is this legal painting, though, predominantly? Predominantly, yeah. or just like spots, <clears throat> yeah, you know? Yeah, spots. And and that's when I got like so Sumo was part of this crew called FCK, which yeah. was like five crews connected, and because there was a crew from Luxembourg, Mac One, remember yeah. from Scotland, uh, there was like four, five crews that were joined together to make this FCK, and Wicked. they asked me to be in it. And like it's funny, like with Pooh Crew and UM Crew, I've never really. I've been in a few crews, but I've never really felt like a crew painter. Like it's like these are always mates, you know. Yeah, these yeah, have just yeah. been people that I was painting with and mates, even though we did it as a crew. But it was it was mates. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. UM was a fun time. Like we just did. And what I loved is like when I knew Ethel was was also the one because they went while I was inside. They did trackside still and were putting me up. Do you know what I mean? They were doing yeah. interpieces and like Aldo. Ethel, Miro, and it's like... Oh. Amazing. Because that's almost like why that just doesn't even matter. Yeah. You know, this is life. Yeah. There's magazines printing this shit. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you say. The, like, even though this is like... There was no jobs, you know? No. This is what I find mad is like... There was no jobs, but... And there was no way of making this as your career or whatever, but it was life. It was everything. And so it was like... So... If, uh, yeah, as I was saying, so I made these toys in the university and the dean and the head of the college, the one that tried to kick me out, offered to buy the project. So we did this big canvas. It's somewhere like I got known as Aztec. You see it upstairs, you like it. Got all the characters to do a bit of a piece on there. Yeah. And um, and he offered to buy buy it at the fuck end. Of, and I refused. I was like, no, fuck you. You tried to kick me <laughs> out. And um, anyway, so yeah, so left to got like a first for it and Boom. and left. And, and then it just carried on painting and life. And... And I guess all I all I knew then was I'm not going to get a job. Like I could sell a bit of weed, I could, you know, do whatever to I make. Can keep this going. Yeah, like yeah. this is what I mean. This is this is life, 
and I don't know how it's going to work, but this is what I'm doing, I guess. It's still a lot of um, living till lunchtime or living till dinner or living till the end of the week, but not much further. Yeah. Which is fine, especially at that age. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You don't think of the future as such. You're just like, yeah, this is me this week. Yeah. You don't even think that, but in a way. But yeah, so it was... Um, so then what pushed you... So I think that kind of gets us to 2004. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's only five years. That, like, but that's a long time, five years. Well, no, that's, it's, it, I think it, go, it goes back to the late yeah. 80s. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, yeah. That, 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 that's all one story. Well, it's that only like... Night, thing. It's, I remember it, in 99, I painted a piece that I thought was... Anything before 99 was dog shit. Yeah. And 99 was the first time I was like, well, maybe that looks all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I, I can do this. Okay, so we're at 2004, loads of graphs been done, experiences had, and by then, I'd, I leave London in 2000, and I open my gallery 03, and I meet you in 04 at a show at Pellerocco's Hotel. And I think I managed to speech a couple of canvases off you for the gallery, which I had up for a while. Uh, I might have sold one, I can't remember. Yeah, you definitely didn't pay me. Mm. <laughs> I didn't sell any, so I gave them back to you. And, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, so what, I mean, so I knew of you as Inza, and there's this person hitting the South London tracksides, and I knew Pooh Crew, you were, I knew about your affiliations with all these other writers that we have had, obviously had friends in common. What the fuck you've done since then is crazy, though. It's completely different to that world. So what happened then? What was that little... I don't know you enough. I didn't know you well enough to get that story then, so... Uh, yeah, it did, it did all change, I guess. Uh, although, I guess, we, yeah, we've got to leave the writing behind, but I want to shout out, like, everyone I painted with, like, it was such a, you know, painting down in Brighton. You know, so many, so much fun. It's like yeah, that I mean, life. Yeah. That, but that life was perfect for them, I guess. And But what I found mad was... I've, I guess what I've learned now is I always get bored of things or I want to you know I get if I get to a level where I think you know I've done I can do it do you know what I mean I like I, I did get to a place with 3D letters where it was like I can do this now the stuff I'm painting is the same as what's in my head yeah people are liking it do you know what I mean I, I'm travelling the world I'm painting with other writers do you know what I mean and they're they're liking it you know I felt like I was representing on a global scale I guess you know I painted in yeah. America you know painted all over the place and I could hold my own with a spray can and so it was like um, but then at the same time it was weird it's like why I always loved graph was the freedom to do whatever you wanted or the freedom and then but weirdly graphic like uh, you hear so many people say it's so limited yeah. in a way I'll and it was like there was like and also it's like there's a lot of gatekeepers that yeah. want to don't want you to do different things or yeah. don't like it going yeah. or in certain ways. It. Yeah. yeah, and when you're in a small culture like Graph, there, those voices are loud. You Quite know, overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's why I was just a bit like I did get to a place. It's weird that like I love Graph so much. It's everything that makes me. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. But yeah, I did get to a place where I'm like, oh, fuck this. You know, I got so annoyed with it. But I think, isn't that though, it, it isn't, it's not about, like, it's not fuck graph, it's, it's more of, 
it's the stuff that comes around it because graffiti is always the graffiti stays the same yeah graffiti is it the kid getting into it now is experiences it the same way I know there's different levels to it now internet free buying paint and all that type of shit but it's still graffiti is still the same yeah just the people in it yeah are people and you know like the graph scene's Aggie do you know what I mean it's just like and which I love like when any, any of the jobs I've done or like any of the stuff I've put out any of the work I feel the, dis- the discipline I had came from graph do you know yeah. what I mean if you're prepared to like fight for spots if you you know if you're yeah. you, if you can hang from bridges yeah if you can get to a level like especially in the scene like the London graph scene if you if you can get even slightly known in the London graph scene yeah you're somewhere dedicated yeah. do you know what and I you mean can use that skill yeah and so like like let's say some of the huge paintings I've done since like that's yeah. only possible because I paint quick and I only paint quick because I painted at night and you know everything yeah. everything I've ever done since was All learned, learned from that but anyway I like so I guess it was around 2004 when I started doing the high heel stuff and that was at the time in my head it was a bit of a a bit of a fuck you to graph it was a bit like oh I don't need the rules anymore do you know what I mean I don't yeah. need the macho-ness and I don't need the rules and I'm sick of like cutbacks a bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just paint these big bubbly pink, you know, just the opposite of what I almost like. I needed to reject what I was doing and yeah. move somewhere else, and and just yeah, and just do something different. Just you know, and there was like, you know, letters, I I was at a place where letters where it's like. Oh, there's only so much you can do with letters, yeah. you know. And but especially wanted... with with all the rules. Yeah, and then there's so many rules. Like yeah. Jesus, there's so many rules. Same. Um, like, yeah, beef for no like what to me felt like no reason, just because that's what motivates you know that's what yeah. motivates some people. So I know it was like that's not like it was, I was maybe and also I'd grown up you know I now was with Ethel. Yeah, so I then so I started painting the high heels, and it was a real like, it was a kind of departure, uh, I guess, from graph. And it was I was also at the time doing these exhibitions with they made me do it. Do you remember like shucks ties up? Yeah, yeah, like what a cool crew of like people just really yeah. trying to do something like it's mad. If you look back, there was no. You know, we're still talking just about pre Banksy. Mm. You know, that's the first show in town, isn't um, it? Really? Yeah. Uh, and there's this guy Tom that put it together and and I, I hate this reality but I, you have to talk about the world post and pre-Banksy because yeah. it changed everybody's motivation do you yeah. know what I mean oh completely as soon as there was money in this, it, like I kind of hate Banksy because he fucked up the whole culture because mm-hmm. it became a money thing and now everybody compares everything to Banksy or money became the value and yeah. like so many years of like trying to explain to people no this is a culture that isn't about money this is a culture about like getting up or producing work style you know that defines you not how much your canvas sells for and then we're now in a world where it's like you're judged on the value of your work the gallery you've been in yeah and it's like bullshit and Banks is all to blame for that you know and it was a manipulative it was a definite like I don't want to hate on him too much because also we've all benefited from what he did. Oh yeah, as well. definitely, man. Uh, but it's like, yeah, there was a calculative, materialistic goal, and I think I would love to have a conversation with him about how he feels about turning 
a subculture into a commodity. Commodi- commodity. It's weird, man. And I wonder if he could... We won't go down the sidetrack here too much, but I do wonder... I don't believe, I don't know him, but I don't believe it's him. I believe it was his people around him that helped. But then he made a decision one day to say, all right then. Yeah. Because I believe he was an artist first. Yeah. And yeah, I still no, believe was, yeah, he's yeah. an artist. No, I, I remember it. I write him loads of times back then. <clears throat> uh, like it was at, uh, It was an interesting time. That's what I mean. They made me do it with was happening and we were starting to play around with canvases the canvases were never for sale it was like the concept of it being art you know it was like there's more you know we can do more than walls like let's yeah like let's just experiment with art or like this moving and like you say i i've definitely been aware of like espo you know other kind of post-graph this post-graph movement yeah. you know and they were i the always reason i said espo and the art of getting up was mainly it could have been actually uh, Dessa Million Dollar Vandal part of your uh, the way that you took on graffiti and dealt with it planned it and then executed it it's like there should have been a book alongside it's like you had something to read do you know what I mean like a yeah. guide I know you didn't yeah. but do you know what I mean That's it. it's like well we didn't really have anything so was it that, and it's like no this is just Inza this is him this is yeah. do you know what I mean though it's like but, but then this is not in no way meant to sound arrogant is that right yeah you can this is not meant to sound arrogant and anyway but there was no guide but no there wasn't uh, like no. I just did it the way that yeah I thought you did it, you know. I did it. Like I've done everything. I did yeah. it the way that you think you should do it. There was no. And that's why I try and say about pre and, po- pre and post banksy because there was no concept that this was. There was money in this world. Do you know what I mean? There was anything in this world. It was just a passion. It was just everything. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. So imagine a combination of like a bit of like a fuck you graph. I'm going to paint these high heels because they're fucking Larry pink feminine heels in this macho world and kind of starting to play around with canvases that they made me do it and I always felt uncomfortable putting graffiti on canvases you know and I felt like the heels were more my own and you could that could be true yeah so I didn't I didn't worry about putting that on a canvas because (gasps) I felt comfortable with the idea of selling it whereas I never felt comfortable selling graffiti if you know what I mean the skill that you'd perfected yeah, that's generations deep. I'm, yeah, exactly. I've learned that from generations, yeah. and that's yeah. not mine. Not yours to be putting on here. No, but putting, yeah, putting on so. canvases. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's very fair point. That's the culture that we should we mm-hmm. all respect and love, and all from our generation, you mm. respect and love. It's different now, but uh, and so that's kind of where I didn't mind with the heels because it's like, no, this is my own thing. You mm. know, this is. Um, this has got nothing to do with that necessarily. And, and so, was and it, I know when it started, I was doing kind of started having posters and stuff like that. Yeah. But then I quick, but mainly just to give me that, allow my break. Do you know what I mean? Give me the space from the rules of graffiti to just fuck around a bit more and, and just figure think, out what else. Yeah, is yeah, there. yeah. But then I soon was like, Ugh, and this was like when street art started, and it's like, Ugh, I'm definitely not that. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I, I used to hate on street art so hard because it's like... Was it interesting when it turned up street art? Were you a bit 
or were you just like it, it was interesting but like when you started to get chucked in with it I, I remember loving people like um, Lamano oh and yeah Martha. and you know and this is like and if you, like, I wouldn't even call him a street art. No, he is, but, but he isn't. Yeah. But this is what I mean. And so then there was yeah. this new generation of street artists that like just kind of made it, pretended. Yeah. You know, like they were. You're right. Like this again. I always thought they were the kids that were too scared to do graph. Yeah. And this was suddenly they could. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, I said this. So I checked this out. I said this to Pinky the other day. So street artists tend to be over eighteen. Um, and if not 20 plus because they were never meant to be graffiti writers and you can't be a street artist younger than that because you know fuck all about the world yeah so an 18 year old plus thinks they know something to comment on yeah so in that sense as well then it becomes the point because of what Banksy did it's like oh if I voice my opinion out here I can then get it into there for sale yeah and the graffiti white had never once thought that. Yeah, no, it but was that's, just for peers. But that's what I mean. And why we start young. None of it exists. None of I like. I really don't even think there's there's no purity anymore because nothing. No. no one who paints out on the street doesn't think I'll get paid. <laughs> I'll get paid for this one day. If I get ten of these here around this area, yeah. I can put Every, it in everyone that knows there's there's a money to be made. Now. Yeah, you know that's what's it's crazy, and that's why I feel so thankful. I feel like we were almost the last generation to have that purity. Mate, we found something very clean. Like the step we made into making money, into a business, making it a living, we, it came very cleanly. We were lucky. And luckily, it was because it was the same time as Banksy. So we weren't inspired by him to do what we do. We were doing it at the same time as him. And not, not in terms of making money. I opened my gallery at 23. I sold my first painting at 21 because I needed to make money. This was the only thing I had in my life and I was good at it To and I had my son. He was, yeah. I'm doing this. This is happening. Yeah. This is where I'm going to make my money from. And it's funny. I still... Um, like I, I, always, I did feel uncomfortable with... It's, it took me a few years still, even though I'm sure people's perspective on me might be like I was all about the cash and I was all about selling stuff I had, I had real like quandaries about where the money came from you know I've always thought this I've, I've always like I'm dubious of money in the best of places like mm. um, all money's dirty in a way yeah. do, do you know what I mean oh it fucks everything up and like look at all the problems of the world you know this is it's money that, yeah um, so I was always kind of dubious about A selling art or where you got paid, who who you worked for, and like Miller, like the amount of jobs I turned down to start with, you know, like in those early early years where I was doing all the amount of jobs I turned down, like I was I was doing some like I guess my like like I said I was just making ends meet, mm. and I you know would sell a bit of the heel canvases and I would do a bit of this and I, you know I got a couple of commissions just doing like you know the graph by the hour yeah. Um, service I was doing like youth service in Lewisham yeah but that was just a great way to get paint like yeah. and, but I, I did enjoy it that was while I was painting as well it was like that was teach it mm. time to learn to paint and get paid well yeah and and it's weird I, I met a lot of kids in that time and I felt you know the connect, you know like that inspiration we talked about like why do some kids not make it out and yeah and I re I did enjoy this idea that I'm showing that I can be one of them and there was a lot of like doing all the youth clubs around uh, South East London 
when I was into a writer, yeah. I knew that anyone that was into writing knew who I was, so there was a level of respect, and yeah. so they would listen. And I felt like I was doing a job, but it was like, it's weird. You know how I said like I had long hair when I was a kid? And then when I got into Aggie Teenager, I shaved it all off. I had a ball head. Where is it? Up until like 2004. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's almost like that was a period. That's that was, Do you know what? Yeah. I was thinking, I'm sure he didn't have long hair when no, I met no, him. I had, a ball, uh, I had a ball shaved head all that time. And then I was thinking, no, I, can't, I must be thinking of someone else's face because I knew I met you. That is so weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, so I had a shaved head all that time. Yeah. And then like, I guess I started to grow my hair again. And it's weird and I just, yeah, the youth work, I, I was so aware that like, uh, these kids aren't going to connect with me anymore. Hey, I'm a bit older. Do you know what I mean? I've got yeah. a white dude with long hair. These kids aren't going to connect with me and I don't want to be another white man voicing an opinion in their life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I kind of quit, which sounds so like holier than that. I wasn't, wasn't like, I was just aware of these things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm aware of the situations and I yeah. don't want... And listen... And I'm, I only, like, I was, it wasn't about getting paid, it was more the genuineness of the connection or yeah. the genuineness of like, yeah, I feel lucky that I was inspired by my mum. So if I, if I could give this idea that art is more than... Mate, if we can all do a couple of years youth work, I think yeah. that's all that's needed. But just all of us do it. And um, so I did that for a while, so that paid the bills for a bit. Um, just trying to think. And then, yeah, then it was just like... But, it's like, but are you thinking, like, although you're not... You don't, so you don't want to put graffiti on canvas, which is, I uh, get that, and you're happy to do this with the heels. So are you thinking these heels are then... All right, so I can use these marker pens on latex and on a canvas and I'll frame it up like it's a canvas and I can sell that for 500 pounds or 300 pounds and I can get maybe I'll um yeah so I did a few shows I started to do a few shows and is that what you're thinking is is it's that it's just this is yeah this maybe thing. maybe this will start paying yeah for this like you know maybe but there was no vision of it being wrapped around a building yeah well I think I, there was as soon as I was doing the hills as a throw up I just wanted to paint bigger. You know, they were like, um, like imagine the world is growing, everything's growing, I'm growing, you know, so it's like I can do this bigger than, you know, like I've, I can paint my name around, I travelled painting yeah. Insta around the place. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to travel painting this, I can definitely go bigger than I've done already. I can paint whole buildings with this, I can paint everywhere, you know, so I've... I was just about to ask a bit of a silly question, I think. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you... Because I gave up art pretty much to to work, but I work yeah. creatively, so I'm fine with that. I'll be an artist later on in life. Every day of my life's creative. Um, but how do you work and do the commissions you needed to do back then? Not now, but back then, and still be pushing your art thing. How how did you not just think, fuck it, I can make money out of graffiti, and just use your skill? full-time well, like to I be did, a youth I was doing do it, like those kind of graph by the hour jobs yeah yeah but why didn't you just do that and just stop painting uh, because it you knew but you you were still you were obviously still striving for something more yeah yeah no I like there was but this is what I mean like let's say I'd come into the awareness of like Espo and Cause and Rees mm -hmm. and, and there was like this post I, like I, I always say this now is like if I look at artists that I'm 
most inspired by they all had graffiti you know like Cause was a writer yeah. properly before. yeah yeah exactly yeah like any of these Espo Steve Espo Powers was yeah. a writer you know they all did their time and yeah actually, twist and they were like yeah amazing um, and so it's like yeah so I was aware that I wanted to develop as an yeah. artist well you knew it was possible yeah yeah and I wanted to be more than Insa you yeah. know uh, so I and, and yeah I got in like Goldsmiths it's a conceptual art course yeah. you know so I was I, I, I always want to quote my favourite Royd piece ever which is uh art school ruined my graffiti but it's true I was thinking conceptually about what this pattern was and this is a graffiti fetish you know this was a fetishism of products this was the fetishism of you know I was commenting on the world that we lived in the materialistic kind of bullshit and at the same time fully contradictory do you know what I mean it was like yeah I hate consumerism but I love Nikes so you know I hate uh, you know misogyny yeah. I'm a feminist but I like painting big asses you yeah. know it's like there was all, so many contradictions going on but I was kind of trying to explore these in the work and I was so the con- and I got kind of into the photo realism for a bit you know all yeah. that sneaker fetish painting and and that was but the concept uh, then was quite high then it wasn't just it wasn't as simple as just the throw up against no. this macho system it, it was it was about concept it was all about so yeah so I definitely wanted to do more conception was a part I wanted to be like yeah at that time I think I wanted to really make art and canvases felt like the way to do it Um, and so that's why I was making loads of like selling the heel stuff and they were like I was starting to sell bits and pieces and it was starting to become a like a way of living yeah. you know like it was like fuck this is actually supporting me more than those graph hour jobs so you know I can concentrate on it selling some prints selling some but I'd never quite felt comfortable with it I don't know why it was like to me the canvas still, still felt like a commodity and if you, you know if I was kind of trying to question this commodity it seems like it was I mean, uh, looking back it seems like it's too much of an obvious route for you you wouldn't have yeah. known that then yeah but yeah yeah and it yeah like it, I hadn't explored enough to know yeah yeah but it was like and I guess I well I just was like I just want to have fun with this and I want to explore it and I want to push it and it was so refreshing to get out of the graph world if you know what I mean because it was like Wow, different people you know there's yeah. women walking down the street with my high heels on there's yeah. you know I, I'm painting a Continental in New York I had that show and like all the New York hipster magazines like Misbehave wanted me to direct fashion shoots and you know I was producing these clothes and stuff and it was like this is this is fun I, where, and this where, is your thing yeah where can I go with this yeah like what can I wrap in this here you were open and, for everything yeah then. I was like designing furniture I just wanted to play and explore and so I did those light you know the hanging what was the first thing you did chairs so after so canvas prints the conventional well, it was stuff like I, I was talking you, with Nike about doing shoes with them was that the first kind of biggish deal that came well, in well no there was the Okini hoodies that came out there's that fashion Okini, that's Okini. Right. yeah they released some hoodies and that was the first time I was like wow oh, clothes and so I was, did a few t-shirts and I was all like I, I did a blog and it was this was like pre-social media or like Instagram mm-hmm. 
and I was really enjoying that, you know, I had a blog and I had like active engagement. I was doing these competitions uh, and stuff and it was just felt fun and I, I felt like I was... Interacting with these people. Yeah, I had my own little thing going on yeah. and doing what, what, kind of whatever I wanted. Like crazy experiences. I went to do the ice hotel, you know, out in the Arctic, the like north of Sweden. So the guy that I was doing furniture with, he was like, oh, I've done this ice hotel once before. Do you want to apply? And you have to send in a thing. And I said, I want to make huge fucking high heels in ice. You're going to carve them? Yeah. Like, we had, like, big ton blocks of ice. And, like, I turned up, like, it's crazy. Yeah, this is, like, I miss these times because there was definitely a lot of young, cocky arrogance because it was like, I can do anything. Okay, yeah. I'm designing this piece of furniture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll Amazing. wrap a car. I'll do this, I'll do that. And, yeah, I'll sculpt an ice hotel room. I've never sculpted ice in my life, but turned up, given a chainsaw, two-ton block of ice, and I had to learn pretty quickly how to... How the fuck, but had you even envisioned it? Envisioned... I can't say the word. Well, I'd done As the drawing. I had shape. to do a drawing of the room. And they were like... And I guess the whole thing with the high heels was they're so so iconically... You knew what it was Weird. Like. Yeah, like these are like the most fetishised product, you know. Yeah. Women feel sexy in them. Men feel dominant in them. You know, men love them. Women love them. You know, but yeah. yet they're bought and for overpriced you know they yeah. they kind of were so iconic to a lot of different people so the ice hotel were like the idea of high heels in the arctic is ridiculous we we love it so i went out there and <laughs> you know carved it in ice with led lights glowing amazing working at like minus 45 just like wrapped up in a north face nuts. no down to a t-shirt sweating because it's hard work chiseling ice and all that shit and uh yeah that was fun. how long did it take we had like a week. It was, and it took the week? Yeah. Fuck. But it's such a good experience. Amazing. And like at the end of the week, you know how Scandinavia, we kind of had this dinner and then everyone you've been working with all week just suddenly strips down naked and it's a sauna. You realise the place you're having dinner is actually a sauna and then you're sat naked with all these like, yeah. Just a random set of people. Yeah. Old men, women, you know, yeah. like all just sat around naked. It's like, it's brilliant. I love... Uh, I love Scandinavia for that reason. And and then the, the, it was so funny, you had to run outside to get really hot and then run, the dare was to run around the village square. So like knee high snow, minus 45, <laughs> bollock naked, run around and then jump into the hot tub. And it was just like, yeah, like you jump in. And like, it was just nuts. I'm trying to think what else I... How did the Chris Philly thing come up? Oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was a fun project so that i think you've had him on before charlie dark yeah so charlie dark charlie's wicked somehow got introduced to me and was like oh i'm doing this thing for take britain and it's a retrospective of chris affili but we want an artist to make something inspired by him do you know what i mean like mm. a, more, a more contemporary well, not more contemporary no yeah from our world artist yeah to make something inspired by him and that was rad because so I so I guess I've already said that I started the high heel company yeah. so when well, I was well you didn't but you did say that okay. you high heels but yeah 
you started a high heel so company. I, yeah, so yeah. in all this process, I'd started the Insta Heels, a high heel yeah. company, as a kind of backlash against, because I didn't want to, I, I wanted to do a dunk with Nike and they wanted to do a 95 and I should have done the 95, but I said no. And then I was like, if I want a shoe to represent me, what, it should be a high heel, fucking Nike, it needs yeah. to be. To be honest, let's do a high, it has to be. It has yeah. to be a high heel and why should I collaborate with someone I can start my own company? Yeah because it's all learning you know all yeah. I just wanted to be like if I can learn how to start a company this is exciting might as well do this it this is the world like, yeah. why not I, it literally I felt like the world is my oyster yeah. you know lovely oysters but, for lunch uh, today man but uh, the world is my, I just want to get involved with everything I can so did anyway so my initial thought with the Chris Affili was like I need to make a pair of high heels out of elephant dung you know <laughs> And I, I even tracked down, I found where he sourced his elephant dung from. Uh, it was a zoo, Whipsnade Zoo, and I called up the people and I said, I need to come and get some elephant dung. And they were like, well, actually, this is the son. This elephant is the son of the the father that Chris Affili got the shit from. <laughs> so it was like the same bloodline elephant shit. I was like so in. I was like, this is, this is dedicated, you know, yeah. when... Like, I didn't have a car then, so I had to get two buses and a train to Whipslade Snoo Zoo, get a bin liner full of elephant shit. Get back on the bus. Get back on it, and it stank so bad. Get back and take it back to my studio, and I didn't know what to do. I just put, like, a fan heater on it and left the studio for the weekend. And when I came back, <laughs> the whole building smelled so bad. Like, I literally just left this shit cooking in the studio. The whole building, like, you could hear people, like, coughing in their other studios. And... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so it was like, I've got to learn how to work with elephant poo, so learn quickly. It's like, I guess I, with Whoa. all of these things, I've got to learn how to sculpt dice. Oh, okay, I'll learn. I've got to learn how to, you know, paint a car. I'll, I'll learn. Did you, you, got, you got a first, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like, I'm a bit like that, but I put it down, I've got no qualifications. And so I feel like I, I can do anything then because I'm not uh, tied down by anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I can, I can Although it's funny, I don't credit Goldsmiths with anything. No, I d- that's what I'm thinking. Do you know what I mean? Minute, I credit well, all, this all, this, sounds... all this learning came from Graf. None of this... Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Just like all like, of this is still going back to All the institution I've been in actually has tried to take away. Like I feel like they've actually tried to stop. Yeah. Like that's what's frustrating. Yeah. Even though, like you say, I'm very lucky. I've done these things, but I don't feel like the they, credits are lovely. But they don't. To be honest, I've never once talked about any job that I've ever had. Any anybody that's paid me money yeah. has not paid me money because I went to Goldsmith. No. They've paid me money because I paid. And the work my, you produce. My name. I suppose the only thing that comes out of Goldsmith is maybe the thought, the the, the teaching of the uh, concepts. Yeah. More. just pushing that out of you helping you explain yeah it yeah well it's more. giving you like going to university is great because it gives you like <clears throat> four years to fuck around yeah do you know what I mean meet the love of your life mm. meet good friends and explore whatever the fuck it is you want to explore yeah conceptually or yeah. you know <clears throat> and um but anyway so yeah so that's it so yeah, so I guess I just went. You've done a million. I just went exploring the hills. Like I was always really selective with who I worked with. Yeah, it wasn't like the amount of jobs I had turned down in those early years is nuts. Like because I like I, yeah, there was that bitterness of it. Oh, people, you know, it's a money thing now. And um, but I would always, I always lived by this kind of mantra of like money comes later. You know, it doesn't matter. If I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm doing enough of it, money will come later somehow. I don't even know how, but it will. 
just keep doing you know travel as far as you can paint as much as you can so with those hills I've painted everywhere like Tokyo Australia you know so many places like Africa yeah I went to um, the Gambia and that that was just rad but that was a bit later because so I've kind of always done the hills and yeah and but then I don't know what it was so I, then yeah Ethel got pregnant and we had my daughter uh-huh. uh, what year 2010 2010 so uh, but it was weird it's funny I, I've he- heard you say a lot about like you know you had a son so you had to make money I was st- I was still broke you mm. know uh, Ethel had kind of she had got a job that was supporting us a bit uh, she worked in the dark room you know she was a photographer mm-hmm. Um and I I even didn't let the first child phase me I was like no fuck it I yeah I, I can do it like we're I, I would do it differently now man yeah. I was 20 no, no, that's so not it was fear that, that's no not, no of course it's not, not criticism, criticism I don't take it as criticism it's just I like, don't and the thing is I don't advise it either yeah. I'm just saying what I did yeah like I'll have to make money I would do it not to, not that and I know you didn't um, and disregard I know, your child either yeah by doing what you did but yeah so I, I gave myself up yeah. Anyway, I was no, that that was wrong. No, no, to, no. It was, it was, I just meant that, like, I even remember being yeah. aware in her first that you were still. Yeah, driven I was still enough. turning stuff down that I just yeah. didn't think was right. For, yeah. You know, I, I I didn't see it as a brand. Conviction of thought. I didn't see it as a brand, but it was like I want these are my heels. This is my yeah. stuff, and so I want to put it where I want to put yeah. it, and not the other way around. You know, I don't want people putting it where no, um, it suits them. Yeah. So. It's got to work both ways. So yeah, like I said, I just travelled and painted, and then I there was a huge building I did downtown LA. That was felt like quite a big achievement. And was she born by then? Yeah. 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 Um, but then I was also. It was weird. It started to. It did start to pay off. Like I was selling. Like, but I I I don't know what it was. I don't know. It must have been having her. But I just suddenly didn't want to do canvases at all. I stopped. It was a bit earlier. I really didn't like people having canvases. I didn't like people owning this thing. Like that. Because it like this isn't art. This is just a commodity. I'm not. This isn't really art. The art is the building wrapped in it, and this is you know like, yeah. I, I can't explain it without sounding too like kind of pretentious. But I just did, and the idea that people own this thing, and the only reason they're owning it is because they want it to go up in value, and then that puts pressure on me that. I'm no longer I can't be as free with this artwork if I, I want to stop next year that means your painting's worth nothing yeah, what do you mean and I don't yeah. want yeah. that responsibility yeah. so I kind of really thought oh no canvases aren't for me Like I don't want to do this so I stopped selling I haven't sold anything for like five six seven years wow. like, just not sold a piece on um on canvas so that kind of happened yeah and then I did that big job in Shanghai that was just rad I tell you how funny like I don't know if you want to hear funny stories but there's so like different parts around the world this Shanghai this like this Chinese billionaire guy who got me to do the restaurant and 
and it was great. Like he was such a perfect like Client. Bond villain. Uh-huh. And like, <laughs> like when we first got there, so I hadn't quite finalised the price on this extra bit I was doing. I had sold the price for the thing, and uh, and then he, you know, when we landed, he told us a story about being airdropped in the Canadian. A jungle with a bow and arrow with one arrow to get a bear it was one shot one kill and he killed this bear and it's now in the living room you know and he spent the whole week taking us to another one of his restaurants just plowing us with every food and everything we wanted and um opulence yeah it's like rad fun mm. like experience uh, and, and then it came to the, like the uh Negotiate. So I designed the inside the interior of the restaurant. That fee had been agreed, but then he wanted a bit of painting, and that fee hadn't agreed. And it came to the end of the week, and he took me to the top of like the tallest like, skyscraper in Shanghai. It was all like big dick move, <laughs> businessman big dick move. I was so deep in the belly of the beast, like, and we were stood on the top of this thing, and we were arguing. It came down to like we're arguing over a grand. Oh no! You know, like I think I wanted like ten for it, and he wanted to pay five, and then it was like. Uh, uh, and I was like, you know, you've you've spent triple that on my wine this week. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like this is this is what this is doing? the game for you. I yeah. like, I became the, the bear. Yeah. I'm the bear yeah. and you're gonna kill me. I like you know when you, you realize need to do this, don't you, mate? And so he won and he shook him hand and went, ha 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 ha. And I was like, oh this is fucking brilliant. But um <laughs> That is a bond <laughs> But then later that night, he took us to this like crazy club. And they were all like old businessmen with clearly like with their escort like part girlfriends playing this like gambling game and every time you lost you had to take a shot. And I took my mate out there to, to help carry some cash back because you're only allowed to carry 10 grand in cash. Right. So I needed to take a friend to help yeah. carry the the money. And um, and so we were doing these like these shots, tiny little shots because like they don't didn't really like to drink it was just all for show they had these different stacks of champagne like literally burning money and this guy would just never would lose to me and like all these women sat around him with every gate every dice roll I throw they were like you lose drink I like to drink so it wasn't that bad <laughs> uh and then like there was one I rolled like all sixes or something and I was like I've definitely won like, you cannot bullshit, I've definitely won. You drink. <laughs> and he flipped the table and stormed out, took like his gang of girls with him and just stormed out the table. So me and my mate just being like dickheads, filled our pants with champagne and left. <laughs> Got back to the hotel, there was like the the cash all in fresh 100s and we just, yeah, took it in a bag and got on the plane the next day. Well, he just left it there for you? Yeah. Like, while we were at the club, he had had someone arrange to go yeah. to it in the hotel. Like, it, that was a nice feeling. Like, one of their moments of, like, I've just come into this ridiculous hotel room, there's a bottle of champagne and stacks of what, what, hundreds. Do you know what I mean? And what, what was the piece you made for him? It was, like, a three-story high light box. Uh, of the, the heels? Like the heel pattern. Sick. Yeah, yes. And, and it was interactive with a controller so the lights came across the top of the ceiling down the light box and everything and wow. it was like <coughs> that was one of the moments where it's like yeah the heels have got to that level of ridiculousness you know this is the yeah you know i was commenting on the desirability or the excess or the materialistic and there it is and there's a stack of money and this is is this great i don't know do you know what i mean yeah. and it was like is this great is this it's a definite uh commentary on life though it was great like uh, not, like I never want to sound like there's there's been so many great 
experiences but it was like this i i don't know what it, i can't remember exactly the bit where i was like no i don't like that so some you know selling the work or it was like ah there's more to this or there was a challenge and i and i think well i guess it, like it was when I did the high heels you know or did the products it was like I was trying to learn about like what products meant in the world or comment on products yeah. and, and I couldn't I realised putting more products in the world wasn't going to solve the problem the criticism of more products because it, it it wasn't getting the point across enough yeah or well, it became just this thing rather than I thought I was it was out of your hands actually and I was like yeah I was naive to to think that people cared what my commentary was yeah I don't think do you know what I mean no one like like all the all the kind of naked lady stuff I've done was always a bit of a commentary on the objectification of women you know it was one of them weird things where you know I always thought you know like hip hop videos or like any of that hip hop look that I did because I was always raised in a very strong socialist feminist household I thought everybody knew it was kind of wrong and it was ironic. You know, yeah. I thought everybody knew the irony of my work or yeah. everybody knew that it From was... From the like, heel all the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always thought... And it was like after the Girls on Bikes project where I realised that, like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. You know, I'm, I'm not... I'm adding to the problem. I'm not helping the problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Questioning naked ladies and the, the the use of naked women in the world by producing naked women in the world is is not stupid. It. So so I think there was a lot of awakening and a lot of learning of just like yeah I don't think this people get this you know and and again I think I'd got bored of it uh, and so but like like I say uh, and this was so much fun like with the leggings you know the making that product amazing yeah like and again. All the products that I wanted to do were kind of considered. You know, it's like my work's about legs and heels. I should yeah. have leggings. I don't want to sell T-shirts to dudes. I want to sell leggings to women. Yeah. Um, and they would sell out instantly. Like every time I released it, the leggings, they would sell out. So, but then I got bored of that, and I should have, you know, I could have handed that over, I guess. But I, I don't know. It's like I proved it to myself. Once you proved it to yourself, you've, yeah, you've I've done, done enough. And it, it was part of the artwork, though. <clears throat> as well it is still part of artwork it's it's artwork well what's mad this year it's been great so I kind of stopped painting the heels just got a bit bored or I I, or I was like I don't want people to think this is all I'm about there's more you know it's the same as like 3D pieces I don't want to think this, people yeah. think this is all I'm about. I've got more. Yeah. And I got to that point with the heels. I'm bored of it now. There's more. What can it be? Um, although this year is 15 years, so I've really enjoyed revisiting it. Yeah. Like, beginning of the year, we just bashed out some walls, and it's like, this is fucking great. <laughs> this is so much fun. <laughs> and, and like, we're, we're launching, like, we're re-releasing the leggings again this year. Kids. And I've got some fresh tracksuits coming out. Like, Brilliant. purely just because it's fun. And have you yeah. seen the beers? Yeah. Like, make sure you you get some like so it's kind of nice to look at it as 15 years it's crazy that I've painted that 15 years ago and the things it's done yeah but but then I feel like that is such a long time ago yeah because I was at that point where it's like yeah walls are boring you know like murals are, are kind of being gentrifying cities you know like my big downtown LA mall a wall the arts district was a huge big thing 
it's great like three blocks yeah well no a block but a block. three big walls three like, big walls quite a block. big thing quite a landmark and you know I was getting royalties because people were filming in front of it <laughs> which is crazy you know this is like I love that fact but it's still crazy that if mm. someone films in front of your work you own it and they have to pay you um, amazing work so uh but then it kind of hit walls with gentrifying places, you know, that, and it's kind of murals, the world had now embraced murals mm. and everyone had seen, uh, you know, murals were everywhere. Mm. So, so I, I was like, I needed to do, do more. The next thing. Yeah. The next thing though was, um, it's still part of that, I've got to do this. Yeah, well, no, there's more or there's something different. Like, this doesn't, I'm bored of it now what's the next you yeah. know I guess I've always felt like that it's like there's more what is it do you think that's why you've done so many different things with the heels yeah I it's just like, experiment. Couldn't, it couldn't just be a up. it couldn't just be a poster it couldn't just yeah. be a pattern yeah I yeah. just always I have to keep experiment. pushing it yeah yeah and it's like I don't know that's what excites me pushing it or trying something new if you've seen like I always wanted to try something that you hadn't seen before yeah. uh and anyway, and that's when, like, there was a moment where it was a bit like, fuck, I'm bored of painting. Like, is this possible? Have I got to a place I can bored of it? Yeah. And, yeah, luckily, that, and I'd had this idea in my head about the graffiti stuff. I know it's now called graffiti, but then it was like, I can make more of walls, you know. It was there, this is when social media started and everything, I realised that my wall in LA, I was painting in LA, but doing it for the internet for people to see back in England or anywhere I was painting around the world the picture was being seen yeah, so it everywhere. was like how can I make the picture more you know like the line I said to everyone it's like everyone's life looks better online Yeah. so why can't my graffiti look better online or why can't my art look better online so that's when I came up with the idea of creating it had been bubbling in my head like I'd done a few little tests and but like eh. And then we what was that, that the first well, test they just with like... we did like a a tour to Poland uh, the Fool's Gold tour that was fun yeah yeah we just painted in like five countries in five days like England France Belgium Inky did you say yeah 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 it was that it was with Recoat Gallery in Glasgow yeah that was a, just fun like this I mean I was doing these exhibitions but it wasn't to sell it it was more to give this I wanted to make installations or and work yeah yeah anyway and that's where we did the first one and I was like saying to him I've got this idea if we, oh, I think if I we photograph it yeah. yeah if we paint it and photograph it and paint it and photograph it and paint it and photograph it it'll animate and we with GIF online it will animate forever yeah. online and they thought I was bonkers and then we painted it and then the next day I was like look they're like wow and I was like, it works. I've had this idea and it works. And then it was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. It's like suddenly that I fire. Can in. I was like, okay, this is the future. Yeah. Fuck heels, fuck static walls, fuck <laughs> all of that. It's so boring. This is the future. <laughs> and I'm just going to learn and do that and do that and practice that. And, and it allowed me to go back to letters again. And the heels became so solitary in a way, you know, because I was just like, no, it's just into here. You know, yeah. graph was always about collaboration and painting with, like, that's what, yeah. why it's an amazing culture because it's an art form the where you, you collaborate. People. Yeah, always. So when I first came up with the graffiti, it was like, I can fucking paint with people again. Do you know what I mean? So I did the gift with Roy. I did a, 
in uh, where was that? Well, in Dubai, we Dubai. did. Yeah, um, you know, I started. Oh, yeah, being I, able to, I started yeah. being able to do letters, and it was like you did a couple with Roy. Didn't yeah, you? we did that one, the future. Yeah, or just because I like it's funny. Roy has always been a friend of mine, but I fucking loved his work. You know, like almost separate to him. Yeah, it's like I fucking love his work. Like mm. the same way I felt about Aztec, and the same way I felt about mm. Nine. You know, mm. it's like you're a mate, but your work is your work. on something. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, and I can never collaborate with people with the heels as much because the heels was my thing and its own identity, and this mm. allowed me to collaborate. Especially when it turned into a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And this allowed me to collaborate with people again, and just allow me to get back into walls and technicality and like challenging myself. And and then I was just like let's make it harder and more complicated and how did you like your paint skills like just I mean I suppose we'd seen loads and loads of heels but your fucking can skills like upped millions of levels like well you paint a million lines yeah <laughs> you, you just fucking get better and better I think so or I, I guess I've always thought of the idea and then I have to paint it do you know what I mean so where, even if I'm like if I can't like in the back of my head I'm probably thinking I can't paint that. You haven't done this. What yeah, the yeah, fuck? Yeah. But I have to, because uh, that's the idea, so yeah. I have to do it. You know? <laughs> like, there was this one, the, one of my early ones in Paris, there's, like, skulls, transparent skulls spinning with a heart background. Yeah. And I guess, because at the same time, there was, like, I was seeing everybody's amazing painting, like, take, like, smug one, say. You know, I'd seen painting it elevated. We're seeing, look at these murals. Yeah. It's like, painting is elevated. And so I was like, yeah, I can do the heels, but maybe I need to show, you know, show skill show again. Yeah. You know, or yeah, like yeah. just fucking like, sh you know, I wanted people to be like, oh, how did he do that? Yeah. Not only is the pattern moving, but the skulls are moving and they're transparent. Yeah, and they're perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're pretty, yeah. So, so it was like the joy of challenge, really. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and it's just like I felt the fire again, and like this. So is, when was that first one with Binky? <sighs> 11, 2011. Right. Like, like a long Fucking time ago. Hell, man. Uh, yeah. And so it did take a little while, but as soon as it was bubbling away, I was like, yeah, this is it, this is it. And um, and, and it's funny, and I, I, like, you know when you know you're on to something, because, like, anyone I was putting out was suddenly, like, on all these different design blogs and all these different things, people posting about it, talking about it. <coughs> and um, so I was so like, now I'm on to something. And then... And I hadn't done a job with it at all. And I saw, and it was weird, I was going to Taiwan, I'd been invited to Taiwan for Pow Wow. Yeah. And me and Mad Steez had been given this big eight-story wall. I remember that wall. Uh, you know, it was like the lady's face blinking with yeah, the coins and amazing. the chain and stuff. And like, when we got there, it was so sketchy as fuck. I had been on a plate, like, I th where had I been before? I think I... I was in Texas before I was painting the Bonnaroo fan. I had to go from Texas to Taiwan. Uh, and so I was like th this time I was I guess people knew my stuff and I was travelling a lot like say getting flown around and going to Taiwan uh, we turned up and we were on this swing stage and it was fucking terrifying there was bits on the floor there was like all this jagged metal and the one scene that was banging against the wall and that night like me and Mad Steez looked at each other we, we can't fucking paint this we're gonna die. Like, I've like I've got kids at home. He's like I've got kids at home. We can't do this. And then I I just saw some I don't even know who they were, but somewhere in like Norway, biggest Giffy 
done. And some like people had done an energy drink advert in graffiti and they'd done like a gable end and sold it as like the biggest one with no mention of like, because I was the only one doing it, no yeah. mention. And I was like, fuck them. So like literally had a sleepless night. Like we're going to die, we're going to die. But then like this is where graffiti <laughs> ego comes in. Because <laughs> me and Mad Steez, I'd said I've got... Like I've got this much in my bank. We can just pay the flights back. You know, we like, yeah. literally we, we, that night we were on the thing that oh, we can't do this. this. is terrifying. Let's just go home. <laughs> if we just walk backwards, you know, put the money down and walk backwards, we can get out of this alive. But then we had this sleepless night, and I'd seen that fucking thing, so I was like, no, fuck it. We're doing it, and we're doing a gif on it. So we've got to paint it four times. And and it's just funny. It's that this is a thing learned from graffiti. It's just pure ego. It was like. The shame of walking away was greater than the risk of leaving my kids fatherless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was like it's nuts. Yeah, and so we, your name was at risk. Yeah. Your work and your name was uh, yeah. at risk. And it was like, and they've just said that's the biggest one. Well, that was a two-story wall, and this is an eight-story wall. So fuck it, yeah. we're doing it. And so like within a week, it's like Actually, I can post that. Yeah. No, this is the world's biggest gift. Yeah. Like, and then so that, it was at that time. Like it, it was all like there was just again another exciting time. I yeah. want to try this. I want to do everything. So what with happens it. with this new breed of work going on and this new spark? What's happening at home? Like so, you've had your you you got by well the, now, uh, yeah. Because you had a daughter and you had a you know you're like right. I can't I can't be having these photos. I can't be you know just painting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's difficult. I know it all like, uh, at well, the same it's, time. It's weird. So then Ethel was pregnant again. So I was, yeah, I was playing out the graffiti. Ethel was pregnant again. And we, um, it's weird. I never, I, I never really talk about this, but I should, because it's like a massive part of my life. Uh, that, um, but yeah, so my second son was born and he had CMV, which is a, like a virus that they contract in the womb. Fuck. Um, so yeah, so he, like, when he was born, they said, oh, you, you know, he's going to go, he rushed to intensive care. He was in intensive care for, uh, was it six weeks or two? About three months. Shit. And like, Ethel was broken. I was broken. It was just a, like, it was a different, and like, we met the doctor and they're like, yeah, there's, We've had a uh, MRI scan. There's calcification on the brain. There's brain damage. Do you know what I mean? We don't know whether he's ever going to walk or talk or do anything. And it's like it's a heavy. I I kind of don't want to go too much into it, but it's just a fucking heavy thing. It like sounds it's great, bigger than anything, yeah. bigger than like any of the other shit I talk about. This is like more than yeah. That. I mean by miles. Um, but I we also had our daughter, and I. I don't, I, if we didn't have our daughter, I don't know if we would have got through then. Do you know what I mean? But we, um, but no, uh, I, I guess, uh, but the, to cut the long story short, he, um, but he's doing great. He's six years old now. We have, uh, he's deaf. He, so he lost his hearing when he was one, uh, and he's autistic. So he's non-verbal, but he's had cochlear implants so he can hear, but we sign, so we're fully sign, signing at home. Brilliant. Uh, he's six years old, he's at a mainstream school with one-to-one -one support. He's amazing. Like, he is the most amazing person in the world he, because everything he's learned, he's created new neural pathways. So 
you know, he may never have walked, but he's learned, he's taught himself to walk. He had a walker for a while. Now you wouldn't even know that there was ever a problem walking. No. He, so he's like, so isn't like, I don't want to say his name on him, but his, his name is about enlightenment. Like he is, he's taught me more than anything because if he can do it, then what the fuck are we complaining about? You know, if I, it's like, if I needed any more motivation, he was the motivation. Yeah. And actually, it was funny because his future this is when I had that moment of like he you know I can handle the uncertainty you know with the first child yeah. I can handle the uncertainty of our financial future do you know what I mean because uh -huh. that's just that's being an artist I can do that yeah. but when he was born it was like fuck his future is so uncertain I there's one I can't change that but I can change our financial future mm. do you know what I mean mm. And it was kind of at that moment where it's like, I can see people are ripping off the graffiti stuff. And then I'm like, well, do I want to see other people getting paid for this or do I want to get paid for this? And I'm like, well, I want to get fucking paid for it. And and it was kind of like the universe, it was the beauty of life, but it was like, I started getting paid for it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I um, yeah, it was like, I didn't, I knew I couldn't let everything that was going on at home stop what I was doing because we needed that to carry us through, you know. And I know we, it was like I knew we were going to need a lot more money for whatever his future was. Mm. I didn't know what his future was. We didn't know what his future was. But I, kn I knew that money would make... Well, this is where the long money came in. His, his yeah. life better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and I just, yeah, I don't... I can't tell you how these things happen, uh, really. But um, I guess I started... So there was more commercial work coming in. It was rad, like... It was short, shortly... So anyway, after he was born, it was like... That was that was hard. So we went to Australia for a bit. Like, I'd already travelled... We had done, like, three months around America with my youngest when she was born. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, let's go to Australia for a few months uh, to deal with that, you Did know. You in South London at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all born in Kings. Yeah. So I've got had three kids now. Yeah. I've got three. Yeah. And all of them born in Kings. I love Kings. Brilliant. And also I uh not that this is what the podcast is about, but I what's going on in the country at the moment with the NHS and our, the government is so fucked that I feel I wanna just say the importance of our NHS is so important. Like integral. Like he my son wouldn't be where he was today without the help of the NHS. That's why I'm, I'm happy to pay forty percent tax. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm happy to pay mm. my money. Like his, like I owe his life and his skills and his ability to like, everything. Like yeah. physiotherapy, uh, speech and language. You know all of these things. And the NHS, uh, they we get it for free in this country. Like it was crazy. Where like my American friends, like when he was born, are like oh, fuck, can we help out financially? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, that's going to be... And it's like, no, I live in England. It's not expensive. You know, money isn't the worry when someone, you know, a medical condition is up. You know. <laughs> OK, thanks. So but luckily... we may not be, so... This is well, the way not, things are going. Yeah, it's awful. So awful. Uh, but we don't need to talk politics. We don't need to talk politics. Um, we all know the fucking truth. Um, anyway. So that was... That, it was anyway, kind anyway, of... Anyway, I, I kind of... It's, I sometimes wish I do want to talk about it because it's you know I've got 
I've got a whole greater understanding of the world and like there's no shame in deafness or autism I'm very proud to be the parent of a deaf boy yeah. you know so that's why I'm talking about it because yeah. I want anyone out there that has a deaf member of the family or autistic yeah. member of the family or about or to face autistic, that. it's like it's it's a different world and we're on another level we're on another plane if you get what I mean like once you go into this you're on another plane of understanding humanity yeah and I'm thankful for that. You know, I wouldn't actually change anything. You mm. know, I'm so thankful for everything I've learned through that. Um, and it, it, well, it's like you understand the brain more. Yeah. Like I feel like I understand. Like there's just different. And anyway, I could. I'll talk to you more after this uh, about that life. But yeah. it's um, it's a deep life, and it. it not, but, it, it, but it wasn't but, a kick up the arse because it wasn't that you, that you needed. But it was like, all right, cool. I've got this now in my life. But but what's funny is like, I guess this is. It's time. like I guess knowing that now would make sense that like shortly after that, it was when I got that job where they came. They came to me and like, oh, we really like such a agent uh, advertising agency. They're like, we really like your work. Have you got? But we want to help you do something bigger with it, or or have you got any big ideas? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want to. It was like weird. it was like they came to the studio. They're like, "Have you got any big ideas?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want to paint a painting big enough to be seen from space. I want to paint the biggest painting on the planet, sort of thing. Um, and I want to animate it because uh, it was like <laughs> uh, because everything. It was almost like anything seemed possible. It's like I've, yeah. I, we've come out the dark side. You yeah. know, there was a dark time, yeah. and we've come out the other side. He's my son's alive." I'm alive, we're, Ethel's alive, my daughter's this. alive, this is life, yeah. we can do this. Like We had this moment, we were on top of a hill in Australia, he was on my back, and I'm like, I can carry him up any hill anywhere in the world. He will be, I can do anything. Do you know what I mean? Like This sounds not arrogant, but it was no, like, I, I had like an enlightenment of like, I had an enlightenment of like, anything is possible. I know exactly you know, if I can, mean. If I can deal with this, then yeah. painting is a piece of piss. Yeah. And... Um, so anyway, so I was like, and they kind of went quiet and came back a week later and said, yeah, okay, let's do it. And then they were like, where do you want to do that? And I was like, Rio, Brazil. And they went quiet and came back a week, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and then they just got on and I was like, so we need to find a satellite and we need to work out the coordinates, work out the satellite and okay, it needs to be this big to paint it. Like, so imagine just making this plan and and I was like, you know, this is an experiment. It might not work. <laughs> so I wanted it written in the contract that this is like a, an experiment. Yeah. And uh, so we so we flew to Brazil. Like, yeah, second youngest Ethel at home with him. Like chaos at home. Let's go to Brazil and just fucking do this. I had a a great assistant at the time called Charlotte. She helped me load. She was really good at kind of. Uh, writing some of my ideas like she me and her went to Brazil and then we got to this huge fucking car park and it's like I designed on the computer I'd done these things and now it's like just fucking paint and like the design was these big hearts and do it and I'm like like these hearts you don't understand they were like 25 metres across for one heart it's like I I have to just fucking do it. Just like, gotta do it. <laughs> you know, I've painted big on walls, but this is big on the floor. 
and I think I gave them my estimations of paint that we would need and like halfway through the first layer we'd used all the paint uh, and there was four layers to paint and so they had production team we literally bought all of Rio and surrounding villages out of pink and yellow paint Fuck. yeah so much pink and yellow paint and I had a team of like 20 guys rollering but I managed to draw it like it was one of the moments where I just fucking had to go into maths mode I was like okay this this like geometry of like okay this heart this line dissected by that line times by blah, and just drew it and like because you can't see shit did it and like this is what I mean we were painting from like five in the mo- no like yeah, five in the morning till suns like one in the morning. We did that for four days to get the first layer down. What? Uh, it's big. Like I say, it's the biggest painting on the planet. No, like no shit. Uh, <laughs> although it wasn't as I've since found out there was a bigger one in China, but that took ten years to paint. So okay. anyway, uh, in my head, it's the biggest in the planet. That's yeah, all. yeah, yeah. That's all we can. <laughs> uh, and and then it was like so we got the first layer done. And the satellite, so we've been told to the millisecond, the satellite taking a picture. Yeah. So we just have to run out of the way. Hope. And like, well, I guess. I, they said it's taking the picture. And then have to do the same uh, the same thing the next day. We had 24 hours. So imagine the satellite's up here, the world turns like this. Yeah. 24 hours to paint the next layer. And to the millisecond satellite. So paint the next layer, move out of the way. And we did that four days in a row. Oh my God. And like, people were broken, but I was like, I was so charged, I guess, by what was going on back at home. I was like, I'm getting this done. Yeah. Like, I can, like I said, I was in this feeling of like, I can do anything. It doesn't matter. We can, yeah. Like, no challenge is going to be greater than whatever challenge I've got ahead of me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then, uh, and the crazy thing is, we had to wait a week. So it takes a week for satellite images to come back. Uh, so you did the whole thing and then had to wait a further yeah yeah so did the whole thing then I had like a day did you have like lunch breaks and yeah well it was, it was, there was food there amazing yeah, yeah got it done and then I had a day chilling in Rio which oh, in Panina Beach big, but it's like oh, I've got we finished that I've got a day to relax oh yeah. no let's paint the whole of Impanina Beach with heels like you've seen the photo in Rio so yeah, it was like that was yeah. the day after doing all of that it was like fuck it I'm not leaving Rio without putting some heels on the beach um, yeah and then flew home and a week later they got the photos and it fucking worked and then they put out that video they, there was a nice video really nice video they made of it if you haven't seen it you should watch it like Google Space Graffiti yeah. um, and that like went boom as soon as they put that out it had like 3 million views in the first day or something and like I it's funny, I was then going to Miami to do a job in Miami, and I was in Miami, and it was like on the BBC News. It was just like... It was everywhere. It was everywhere, I was talking about it, and I was getting contacted by everybody, and I was then doing this job in Miami for like the supercar rooms there. Um, like just craziness. Girl in a bikini driving me around in a Lambo. But like my head was all at home, kind of, mm. but all this was going on. And, but then it's kind of it all balanced out, because it was like... Um, yeah because my head was focused in somewhere else but it allowed me just to do it all well wait it anchored you yeah it anchored you didn't it so you could go off and do all this stuff knowing exactly what you were doing with it all yeah knowing exactly the purpose like there was even you I think you've had a purpose the whole way through all these years it sounds yeah but this one's like it's like putting a fucking photo on the wall with a 
you know, a, a pin. Like, that's it there. Yeah, well, and I guess I kind of, as soon as I thought, okay, I'm getting paid for this, it's like, well, I want to get not little money, I want big money for this. Mm. And so just went at it more like... Um, and then there's loads then that because that was so big I guess that's where loads of other stuff has come from and like and it was weird I you know I've said I've always felt uncomfortable with where the money comes from mm. you know I always felt weird because I feel like as an artist you've got different ways of making money and yeah. you can either sell like canvases that become like stocks to like these rich people mm-hmm. do they really like the art I don't know or is it just like any like that felt weird or you can sell prints to your fans or product you found, but then I always felt like kind of guilty of taking fan. I say the term fan loosely. I know what you mean. People that. that like your work. Yeah. I always felt guilty of taking their money and spending it on my lavish life. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But then it was like, ah, this kind of commercial money, this advertising money, is like this is only only some advertising CEOs first class flights. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. I've got no shame in taking this money. No. And, and not for and hard the, work. And you... what's the? I want to take the most I can of this money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, and I, it was a funny one. It was like all the other things. Just it made me feel like I feel very comfortable getting paid to yeah. do this. Do you know what I mean? This is my creation. Exactly. This is my idea. So I want to get paid for it. Yeah. And and I've got no crimes doing. It. And and ultimately, it was like, it was funny after after my son was born I just was like fuck it I'm going to say yes I've said no to so many things I'm going to say yes yeah. and it was like it just opened up everything like I said yeah. suddenly I'm painting the biggest painting out in Rio and then I've got a call from Pepsi and it's like do you want to do something like that but film from space we can put a high def camera on the International Space Station and <laughs> I was like yeah fuck it let's paint 250 cars in the desert driving as a peace sign <coughs> and and I say yes, and it's like, so we're out in the desert, and it's like 53. It's another one I'm on, of like, okay, I've said all these ideas, and now we're fucking landed. I've had a day's training by this like ex-military guy because it's like you're gonna be in death heat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, lie in the hotel for two days and drink as much water as possible. So I'm there like literally drinking as much water as possible. <laughs> we go out to the desert, and it's it's hot. <laughs> like 53 is hot. Like. This is what I love about life. It's like I've been in the Arctic at minus 45 and then I've been out in the desert at 55 and I've made art in both of these places. That is nuts. Uh, and like members of the team are passing out and like a guy got bit by a scorpion. It's just crazy. And they've got like the guy that's filming this is like worked on Star Wars and all shit. He's got like this big proper red. This is a proper yeah. movie set. And it's this fucking idea I had about painting cars. And I'm like, okay, uh, I guess we do it. it. <laughs> I've got this. And I don't know how the fuck I got here. I said yes. Do you know what I mean? It was as simple as like, I said yes, so I'm here. And um, and anyway, world record adjudicators came out and gave us a world record. So I was like, fucking got a world record, yes. And and we can see it from space. And, um, and then what else? And then, yeah, then there was a job at Netflix where they were like, oh, we want to do something with you. And I was like, oh, I want to paint a global GIF. I want to paint, and you've seen that one. It was yeah. like 24 paintings in eight countries, and they were like, yeah. I just, you know, I, I've worked, like I say, the work is hard. I don't mind because I'm working hard. I'm yeah. putting creative, creative energy into it. But like getting flown first class and getting paid, it's like 
fuck. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes. fuck. Like I was saying for all those years, our money comes later, and then it's all of a sudden like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, you know. It does, and rightfully so, man. But then there's been a few few lucky breaks. Like, I have to tell you the story. You know the van outside? Yeah. So the amazing. green van. Uh, so this was, this was a funny scenario. This is the only reason I can afford a house. Because, like, so I did this job. It was for a trainer company. I went, talk details. And yeah. I was going to go on tour to do, like, six gifts. And I'm like, well, if I'm going on tour, can we design a tour van? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I designed the Rad van. Amazing. Uh, and, and then the last minute, the CEO of the company got nervous or something and pulled out. But I was like, fuck it, no, I want to get paid in full because I've booked, I've booked all these walls in, I've booked all these... I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. And so I want to get paid in full. And that was a big one. I, I don't want to talk money, but yeah, like... it was a big one. And I, then I was like, and the van is my design. That's my copyright. And they were like, no, you can, you, you can have the van, but we still own it. Do you know what I mean? We want our logo on the side and we still own it and can use it for events. And I was like, this is like one of the first times that being like a liability has ever come in. And I was like, in a meeting, I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But you do realize that I'm a beer drinking graffiti writer and I'm going to drive that van and use it to paint graffiti, probably drink quite a lot. And they were like, okay, we can't have that connected to our company at all. Have the van. <laughs> so, I was like, so I literally got a deposit for a house and a van and didn't do the work for it. So That's it was, amazing. Yeah. There's, they're the touches. Yeah. So that was like, yeah. The, I've, had, it, yeah. I've had touches like that. Not to that extent, but I've yeah. had, they're nice. Yeah. But this is all down to consistency. This is well deserved. Do you know what I mean? You, you've been here, you wouldn't have got there if you hadn't done all the years. It's not yeah, possible. I, I guess. It isn't. But then, I, and also I, in any of these jobs, why I enjoy it, why I enjoy where I am at the moment in life, work-wise, is because I want to challenge myself. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So I feel like if a job comes to me, a brief comes to me, I'm often the one complicating it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't just go, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Mm. Yeah, I'll, yeah, turn that no, out. No, push it, I'll man. Turn that out and get paid. It's like, no, I only want to do this if it's going to excite me, and it's only going to excite me if it's going to be yeah. a challenge. Yeah. It's only going to excite me if it's going to be what I haven't already done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... Let's push the boat out. And it's weird, and I guess all of this stuff is a million miles away from graph, but at the same time, it's not a million miles away. <laughs> it is all the... And this is why... It's, Again, if anyone asks me about what I do, I say it's fucking nuts. I haven't really changed. This, uh, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. the, this is the same dickhead that was yeah. painting in South London. I'm yeah. that same dickhead yeah. painting <laughs> with a spray can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the world changed around us. But this is this is why I've, I've it, it, being part of a culture is so important and. Maybe I put a lot of weight on that, and I, I don't mean to, and I'm not putting people down who haven't done it. It's not the point. But being in one, what the effects of it are immense. Because, and especially if you want to be creative, because I'm still that same person. The work I run for is because of my ego. I could, well, I could, I could aim for much. There's loads of other work yeah. out there, but I go for higher work. Yeah. I, the way I, the way I behave, my 
the way I'm in meetings. It's all down to graffiti. It's all yeah. down the way I do business. It's down to my mentality of graffiti and yeah. how I want to work it. And amazing cultures that do this to us. Yeah. And I think you've carried, like, you've carried. There's nothing's different. What's happened is skills have just excelled to ridiculous levels. I think going to uni gave you that conceptual bit, help, helped you helped you explain yourself to yourself a bit better than you could have done without it. Yeah. Um, I don't see the necessity in uni myself, but I do. that The conceptual bit of learning to be conceptual, I can't argue against because I know a few people who've managed to do that. Yeah. But other than that, you're the same. You, I think it's all the same energy the whole way through. And I think university and then your second child were just these two things that kind of came in, gave you that little nudge. Yeah. To be like, all right, call this way now, please. Yeah. You've got it this way now, please. But then it's mad, isn't it? It's mad that we're like, I still think it's mad that we're old now. You know, I can't can't believe I've got three kids and I'm a grown up. My son's 19, mate, this year. 19. It's crazy. It's nuts because I, I don't feel it. But then what? Just um, what I find funny is I still, even though you, I guess anybody not in graffiti wouldn't understand this, but like I still judge myself as the 16-year-old graffiti kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, I might. You know, if, if any job I take or any thing I put out, I'm like, you know, you know would, would 20-year-old me call me a sellout? <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? All of that. Uh, even though I've done so many things that I wish you surpassed it I wish I could have like, like when we had the design went to make the weed pen out in Seattle <laughs> Mate, like, thank you for that by the way. Yeah, going and like to all the grow farms and making an in sativa do you know what I mean a signature weed <laughs> oil <laughs> uh, like an indica and a sativa mixed uh, yeah. to make and like my 16 year old would not have believed, believed. Do you know what I mean? Would be like, what the fuck? Go hustling bank accounts. Uh, and it's like, hustling uh, banks to yeah. get weed money. Yeah. Selling CDs to get weed money. Yeah. And, and now so you're out like, in the hills. So I love, like, there's many things I've done where I'm like, that's just for, that's for my 16 year old yeah. self. And like the van outside, you know, um, it's for my 16 year old self it's for my 16 year old self it's like imagine having this like graffiti wagon with all Mm. the tools that open up automatic doors do you know what I mean Mm. and um, I'm just looking back at my 16 year old self going this is ridiculous do you know what I mean it's like so I I feel very very lucky sometimes but then but then I guess why I like your, your podcast or why I really like talking to you is like that is just surface level. All, all of that stuff I've said is totally surface level and the challenges of like l- real life are much greater. This is, it, you know, it's like this I, is why I think again, it, it isn't, it's, not, it's not about the culture, it's about culture. And it's not about the creativity, it's about creativity. It's not about where you're from, it's just about what you saw in those first years, it doesn't matter where it is. Because all of this is the fucking same. Yeah. The visual part, is just the, the the icing on the cake, really. Yeah. But it all every single it, we all we are are a matter of fucking chemicals. Like we're all dealing with the same shit yeah. at, in just different levels. Yeah. Like many different levels. And yeah. our, our souls could have ended up at any point. And that's what racism confuses the fuck out of me because these these things we become as human beings could have ended up at any point on this planet anywhere. So what gives anyone else the right to say you're yeah. a dickhead? I don't get. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's um, 
But, but not to be like loads of my work. Like this is the thing as well. I guess even though I, I've talked way too much, man. I'm sorry if I've no, chewed I've your ear it. off. But um, but the same with the graffiti stuff. I haven't gone into even a lot of the conceptual side of that. But there's a lot in there for me. Like there's you know like through this stuff, there's been trials with my sister. As a personal life my dad has died you know there's loads of things that have happened mm. that are kind of in the gifts mm. but I don't need to shout about them but I know they are you Brilliant. know they're all about death and life you know like the gift for me is okay well, actually that's a question yeah so there's obviously skulls is one thing which is the death thing but lilies yeah well they're like life they're, they're bur- like the flowers are just like life and I also like the phallicness of them but uh no, I see the lily, the flowers are vaginas and the skulls are death. So the the flowers are life and the skulls are death. Right. And and the gif itself is just like this loop. You know, we're all like in this loop. You know, we're going to die. <laughs> like, But we somehow we get trapped in these kind of rat race or this loop and we're doing the same things again and again. Like everybody's mm. daily routine is pretty yeah, much yeah. the same. So I, I think the gif itself represents the kind of... Cycle. infinite loop, loop do you know yeah. what I mean and and we somehow die and are born and we fit into this and then so it's like why I love the fact that they get these gifts go off onto the internet and live forever is and I think that's what people are trying to do like this is my understanding of social media is that actually people are scared of their mortality and so they're trying to share it more they think it'll last longer if they share it you know so if you share a moment online it makes that moment like even though you're not enjoying the moment it's mm. kind of the opposite moment's it's a, gone it's an oxymoron but yeah. you're trying to make that moment last longer yeah. and ultimately trying to make your life last longer it's like everyone's scared That's of their mortality yeah. do you know what I mean and I think social media is a weird thing people convince they're going to live longer or mm. live further or be more whereas all of my work, I guess, at the moment comes back to like just fucking enjoy you, enjoy your moment, enjoy the people around you. You mm. know, like I guess it's taken a lot for me to learn that, but I really—that's what's important. You know, not, nothing else really is important. Mm. And almost maybe being able to detach myself and think none of this matters. Nothing mm. matters. You know, these three children matter. Yeah, and I like. Your wife. Um, yeah. Well, girlfriend. Yeah. So, I call Bex my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny that we've been solid forever, but um, yeah, still a girlfriend. No, partner. Partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, partner. Uh, anyway, so. Listen, man, that is that's an amazing story. It's much bigger and deeper <laughs> than I thought. It's much longer. No, that's amazing, man. And people love this shit. They do. I don't know. People do. I just, yeah, I feel like I'm, I don't know. I, like I say, sometimes I feel like I woke up with a golden ticket that allowed me to travel the world and do some fun shit. Listen, man, you made a lot of right choices. You, you made an awful lot of right choices. If you want to take any luck at all, that's it. Like, you worked fucking hard. Like, you made concerted efforts from a young age to do certain things. Like, and it's because of that you do this now. That's why. But but if you're going to take luck in there at all... And I'm no one to say. It's not like I'm the person... Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm My interested. opinion is... I like a... If, 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 you're gonna, if you think luck's involved at all, it's, all right, cool. You maybe said yes and no at the right times over the years. You might have done that a few times, just at the right times. You know, maybe, fuck knows. Yeah. But you've done it, and you've done it through fucking hard work, 
and being a cool guy, really cool guy. Well, I, that helps. And this is not to say, yeah, I'm a cool guy. No, I'm not. It's a lesson I learned very early on is like be nice to be be nice. Yeah. Like if you're not a dickhead, like the most important thing is if you're not a dickhead and mm. don't treat people like a dickhead, and just be nice to people. You know. Well, the only thing you have to worry about then is people being unjust, which is un- which is unlikely because people won't. The majority of people won't be unjust; they'll yeah. react. So it's the best way to be. Yeah. Like, otherwise, you be shit. Put something out there. Watch how fast it comes back. No, uh, but watch uh, how fast. I know funny. you've been there. I don't want to get into the universe, but yeah. No, I do believe it comes back. You know, oh, you definitely. put positivity in the world, and you get positivity Listen, man, back. I've lived that other life. Yeah. It was it was bruising. Yeah. And the, the the choices I made in recent years and how to behave and through therapy predominantly and yeah. my, my amazing girlfriend and partner um, and my son just and I'm just like oh right that's the way to live and all of a sudden but, it's got better. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't. I don't want to go into it. But you know, this is the weirdness with age. Is like I've said, you you reflect on everything. And that definitely hampers the cockiness. Like I've said a few times, I miss the twenties. Oh, good. Because you're, there's an arrogance or a naivety yeah, of yeah, cockiness. Yeah. But now it's like I overanalyze everything. Every bit of work is a stress because I'm aware of this, this, and this, and this. You so know. It's, so it's like, so you maybe just have to take a bit of advice from your younger self then. So maybe sometimes I, like, I see artists that are still cocky. And I'm a bit jealous of that sometimes yeah. because, because I. But then. But at the same time, they're not dealing with what you're dealing with. But it's like. So you, to be honest, if you started to be cocky or got cocky, whilst your three kids are at home, you'll be like, I'm jeopardising quite a lot here. Yeah. This is I can't. You know what you're doing if you're going to behave like that. Yeah. You're going to cause a problem. Yeah. It's more than just whatever that person in front of you is feeling. Yeah. This is the, the, the knock-on effect of everything else. This is why you're not this way. Yeah. This is, you know, you've, you've got at maturity. But also, right? yeah, it's a bit, yeah. And like we just said, it's, it's good to be good. It's good to be nice to people. It's good to, to be good, man. It's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. lovely. Listen, that was amazing. We need bro. to finish. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was brilliant. So, I need to, so we've had oysters. What's next? Well, my privilege meter is popping the fuck off right now. How amazing was that? Honesty is the best policy, people. And let's not be embarrassed by mistakes in life. Why? Just learn from them. Inns have worked through loads in his life. The ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, he's had them all. And yeah, it's a glossy look from the outside, especially when you look at that Instagram account. And believe it's pretty in here too. But it's also real life, same as you and me. Put him up there for his moves, his ideas, his dreams. But do understand we can all do the same in our own way. The point isn't the last bit you see the bit you show it's all the background work the finding belief in yourself no one was born without that it just needs finding and you know what a gift visible from space which Inza did in his late 30s it's the same passion feeling belief confidence that all, all that shit he had to find when he did his first painting in London all those years ago and quite weirdly his gift painting show exactly that statement it's all in the background what a journey he's had so far hey so much achieved so much learned and so much more to go and with a beautiful big family, he's surrounded by inspiration and love. I said in the interview that the moves he made in the first few years of his graffiti career seemed calculated. And it was a bit out of the blue for him, I caught him off guard. I don't mean to, 
I was just amazed at the dedication, the concerted effort to be part of a culture and do it to the best of his ability. It was like he had the steps planned, and in a way he did. But as the story went on, I just realised that's Inza. He just has it at the tip of his finger. He's a creative in a very unique way. It's like sharp electric shocks ticking off the last and moving on to the next. The things he's experienced, the things he's influenced, the art he's brought to the world, the message he pushes. That's a building of wealth and substance right there. An inspiration for his family and kids. Pushing the you can ideology. I could go on. You know I could. I love that. Thank you, Inza. Really appreciate it, brother. And also, brought my first Oasis experience. Can't complain there, man. Addicted now. Blown away and now a convert. Looking forward to my next visit down there to see him with the gang. I'm going to bring Bex and the dogs. Maybe Josh if he's lucky. And big up in the biggest of ways to Neil and Pete. So great meeting you, Pete. And Neil, fucking hell, son. So good seeing you and hanging out after all these years. Anyway, art's winning as usual. Ask Neil. And remember, love your city and love your culture, whatever it is. This is F24.